This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. For the sixth race in a row, the NASCAR Winston Cup drivers visit one of America's super speedways. Today, the two-mile Michigan International Speedway, a forgiving racetrack. Make a mistake and the track's width helps you recover. The wide racetrack also allows three and four wide racing, a fact that is not lost on Darrell Waltrip, who says that there is more than one good way to negotiate these high banks. You take a Kyle Petty, he's going to look for that white line. I'm talking about the one around the inside. You take a Darrell Waltrip, he's going to look for the other white line. I'm talking about the run around the outside. So, you know, you can, uh, this place complements any driving style, any car, whatever how it may be handling, it complements that car. And you can win with a car that'll run on the bottom or one that'll run on the top. It just depends on what you like. From the beautiful Irish Hills of Michigan, it's NASCAR Winston Cup Racing. The Miller 400 is next. M. R.N. Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Michigan International Speedway. Well, we're set to go run the Miller Genuine Draft 400 here very shortly, but unfortunately, we have had some rain showers all morning long, Eli Gold. But to the, just a moment ago, a big cheer came up from the crowd when the sun popped out just behind the grandstand here. And we understand that this system is supposed to move through here, but the racetrack for the moment, it's pretty wet. It has all but stopped raining, however, so after track drying is completed, we should get the entire Miller 400 in today. And it's always interesting when the Winston Cup drivers head to this racetrack because as Darrell Waltrip told us at the outset there is no one way to win a race here there are many ways to negotiate this Michigan International Speedway and head to victory lane but interestingly fellows like today's Bush Pole winner Brett Bodine Jeff Bodine Ernie Irvin Terry Labonte Kyle Petty Ricky Rudd some of the biggest names in the sport Ken Schrader Morgan Shepard they are just a few of the drivers who have never won here at Michigan International now we're looking at that this morning in the record book also a lot of good driving talent yet to visit Victory Lane. I think one of the stories we'll certainly need to touch on in uh, the beginning of our broadcast this afternoon, for the last couple of weeks have been a lot of cars have been torn up in practice and during the race. Well, they didn't even wait till race time this time. Harry Gant had some problems. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin had a problem here yesterday. Got together in one of the corners, tore up both their cars. Jeff Bodine had to go to a backup car. Very hard crash for him. So there's quite a bit of sheet metal and torn up race cars even before they drop the green. We've got lots to talk about today. The driver's now beginning to make final preparations now that the rain has stopped here in Michigan, although we are still a good bit away from the green flag in this Miller 400. But as soon as we come back, we'll head down to the garage area where drivers are still huddled together, sharing some stories. We'll meet some of the participants in today's Miller 400 in just a moment. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. 
need a specialized tool to finish your vehicle repair? There's no need to buy it if you're only going to use it once. Check out O'Reilly Auto Parts Loaner Tool Program, available at any O'Reilly store. Find tools like a ball joint press, disc brake caliper tool set, and more. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We're back at the Michigan International Speedway. The sunshine continues to look awfully good here after a very wet morning. The showers have been kind of intermittent, so to speak. The rain was heavy at times, very light at other times. But for the moment, the sun is beginning to shine very brightly, and hopefully it won't take too long to get this racetrack dry. Well, Brett Bodine is a driver we certainly need to talk about, the Shemung, New York native, who has had such great qualifying runs for the last, what, four or five races. Exactly. But unfortunately, talk about bad luck. Now, boy, he has had more than his share. Some of the races he ran less than five laps before the car went out with a multitude of problems. He said, we're ready to try anything to get it turned around. Brett Bodine, however, that team is just too talented to continue to have these kind of problems. One thing is for sure, though, the man can qualify a race car. And an interesting breakout in the top qualifiers here this weekend. Of the top ten positions, five are Ford Thunderbirds. You've got four Chevrolets and a Pontiac in that top ten. So why don't we head down to the garage area where dodging the raindrops are the Bush pole winner, Brett Bodine, along with Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee. Fellas? Well, a great lap for you, Brett. 175, 456. Did you achieve that right off the truck, or did you have to work on the car to get it better for Michigan? We really uh, were pretty good right off the truck. Uh, we'd come up and tested a couple weeks ago, and uh, whenever you bring back a car that you've tested at the track, off the truck you can be pretty fast. And we just dialed ourselves in a little bit more uh, each and every practice session and uh, went out there with a good setup that matched the racetrack when it came time to qualify. I was looking at your record this year. Nine out of 13 races, you qualified in the top six, but the finishing record hasn't been that good. Some terrible luck for you. It really has been. The qualifying is just unbelievable. And, and to be honest with you, we don't know why we're, we're that strong qualifying. We just go out there and try to do our best, and it, it always seems to be a good effort. Racing, we, we do the same thing. We try our best. We, we prepare as well as we know how to. And it just seems like something always crops up and invites us. Uh, we've had a lot of mechanical problems. A uh, couple races we got involved in other people's accidents. Hopefully this weekend at Michigan, you know, we can turn it around. A lot of money up on the line for us uh, when bonus money. And, and we need a win. We need a win awful bad. It's been 19, since 1990, since we sit in victory lane. And I'd certainly like to do it today at Michigan. How much will this rain change this particular racetrack? It's going to change it to start the race. Uh, don't be surprised if some guys come up there and run real well on a green racetrack and, and some guys drop back. Uh, but it eventually come back around to us. This racetrack will get exactly how it was yesterday afternoon. Uh, a lot of blue sky to the west of us. It's going to be bright sunshine for the race. Uh, it's going to be who's got the best setup at the end of the day, not at the beginning. Brett said a lot on the line, certainly is for him today. $60,800 is the Unical bonus if he can pull off a win here today in the Miller 400. And he's got a good, good chance to do it. Ricky Rudd is on the front row along with Brett Bodine. Ricky been very much in the news this weekend here and with him from Woodruff, South Carolina. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, that's right, Barney. Uh, anybody gets in the news, I guess, when they start changing jobs. And, uh, and I don't know if you call it changing jobs, taking a sponsor and... Uh, and uh, and doing his own thing. I guess he's going to become a businessman so instead of just a race driver, so that probably does uh, create some interest. Ricky, you've got uh, a long time of racing, and, and, uh, and now you, you, you're going to step into something different. You're going to actually be a businessman. You haven't uh, led a lap since September, October last year. It's a, 
<laughs> last week. <laughs> well, last week, OK. But uh, it hasn't been the best season for you. What preempted, what, what started this to say, well, I'm just going to go out and uh, take a step. I'm going to be responsible for all of it. Well, first of all, Dick, you know, it's a, it's a big commitment. You know, you're talking about being a driver, about all you actually own is a, you don't even own your own helmet bag. You know, you basically show up at the racetrack and, and drive the race cars. But I, I guess it sort of started uh, back a few, I guess a couple of months ago when Alan Kowicki passed away and my name had gotten rumored in the rumor mill that I was one of the potential buyers of that operation. And, and it really, it really wasn't, I really wasn't a, that hard of a buyer in that situation, but my, my name got rumored in it. And at that time, I had some sponsors come to me say, hey, if you really are interested in doing this, we'd like to be a part of it. I also had some, uh, some top crew chiefs and good people come to me say, if you decide to do that, we want to be a part of it. So then it really got me thinking, hey, if all these people, which that's what racing really is, it's just how, how good of a group of people you can assemble to how successful you are on the racetrack. And I got thinking about it and said, well, why not? You know, why not take a look at it? And, and basically I had uh, some car owners basically open the books up to me so I know what I was getting into on the financial commitment side of it. And uh, so here I am, uh, made an announcement yesterday that, that I will have my own team next year and Tide will be the uh, primary sponsor on the car. If you got uh, all that research done and you know basically what uh, people are telling you that it costs to do, what does it cost to actually run a race team? Now, I know drivers are getting anywhere from three to 600,000, 700,000, uh, and then they're getting some spits on top of that. Some of these guys are, are way over a million bucks. But if you take that part away, that's, that's your income or whatever. But what does it cost to run the rest of the team? Well, I, I don't know. I, let, me, let, me, let me figure out how to be a politician. You said figure out how to be a businessman. You're putting me on the spot here. Let me just say, first of all, all the drivers are getting overpaid. My driver is going to get his pay cut in half right away, right off the top. Paid way too much money. And uh, as far as what it costs, it just, let me just say it costs a heck of a lot of money. It, it, it's a, when I made this commitment, uh, it, it's a very serious commitment. Uh, I didn't go into it lightly. It's not a short-term situation. When I made this choice, basically what I'm saying is that Ricky Rudd, the race car driver, when he's one day retired, then Ricky Rudd, the car owner, will continue for quite a few years. And that's, that's, the, that's the commitment. I had to make sure that I was comfortable with it. I couldn't take the money that I've been able to make and go lay on a beach somewhere in vacation with Linda. Uh, you know, that was one option. But I think I'm too committed to, to racing to be able to take that choice one day. So I'm making the steps it takes to be a car owner. Racing's changed a lot. We're sitting in a van, probably $450,000, $500,000 van uh, from Ford Motorsports. Not saying that you're going to do Ford or Chevrolet or whatever. I know you're looking for your best deal. But this is a long ways from where it used to be. So uh, money has gone up a long way. Well, you know, the cost of racing has gone up. Uh, the, the money that comes as a result of the racing has gone up. And hopefully there's some kind of a balance there. You know, that, uh, like I say, parts get more expensive each year. Tires get more expensive. Motors get more expensive. But on the same side, the sponsors, uh, the, the price for the sponsor to get in costs more money. The racing purses are going up. Uh, maybe not as quickly as everyone would like to see, but they're going up. So somewhere there's, hopefully there's a balance, and that's one thing that seems like Winston Cup Racing has been able to do that the other forms of racing have not been able to do is to keep that on a good balance. So some, some series have gone bankrupt basically because they let the high technology run away with it, and the cost of racing is too much for the amount of money that comes in. And NASCAR has been able to keep a good control on that, and that's basically what I'm doing. I'm investing in the future NASCAR. What about today's race? Well, believe it or not, I think you, you made one mistake a while ago. You said I haven't led a lap all year. I, I want to make you take that back because I led one lap under caution last week and uh, it wasn't it wasn't because I was the fastest car there it just happened to turn out that way on a pit cycle but we did lead one lap last last week but uh, we're up front this this week at least I can see the green flag fall for the first time all year we were sitting on the outside pole came close to winning a pole and uh, just really uh, impressed with the race car I'm sitting in this week it, it from the time I got here it's been very fast it's running good in practice and it's a nice welcome change 
Well, good luck to you today, and uh, good luck to you in the future, man. Uh, being a businessman is different than being just an old uh, race driver, you know. <laughs> Ricky Rudd's thoughts about being a team owner and the driver. We'll talk with some of the other drivers of what they're looking for in today's Miller 400 when we come back. Alan Bestwick here with Davey Allison. Go ahead, caller. Hey, Davey, you see athletes in other sports hot-dogging. How come you don't hot-dog? Well, I do. After the race, I heat up some hot dogs, then serve them on buns topped with Bunker Hill Chili No Beans. Bunker Hill Chili No Beans is different from other hot dog chili sauces because it's loaded with real beef. It tastes great. And there are valuable Bunker Hill coupons in this Sunday's newspaper. Anything else, Davey? Bunker Hill. Flat out better than the rest. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. We're in the championship, baby. Yeah. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. Goodies, the official pain reliever of NASCAR, congratulates Johnny Smith, winner of last night's NASCAR Goodies Dash Series race at Langley Speedway in Hampton, Virginia. Will Hobgood, Rodney Orr, George Crenshaw, and Danny Bagwell finished second through fifth. Series point leader Mickey York was tenth and lost 36 points of his lead. The NASCAR Goodies Dash Series visits Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina next Saturday night. MRN Radio. Presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Miller 400. Sponsored by Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR. 22 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest, and by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Good afternoon, and once again for the Michigan International Speedway. Well, the cars have just fired on pit road, and at this time they are pulling onto the racetrack. Track drying efforts about 99% complete, and Eli Gold, you're in touch with NASCAR officials. They are coming onto the speedway. They'll probably make somewhere between two, three, four, five laps, I'm going to assume, before they cut them loose. Right. They haven't going. They haven't given the team's indication quite yet. As a matter of fact, they have just told Doyle Ford, the flag man, that the next time or twice around the racetrack, they will not stay on the racetrack, but instead come down pit road to help dry that one particular area of this racetrack. As is the case at most super speedways, you've got banked turns and you've got banked 
main straightaway here at the Michigan International. However, the back stretch and the pit lane are totally flat, and that's the area where there still is some, not so much standing water, but some wet areas that need to be dried off. So we're a few laps away from getting going, but it's nice to see these 41 cars out on the speedway now because at this time, about an hour ago, it was still raining fairly convincingly. So it's been a quick uh, track drying, and we're about set to get going here for the Miller 400. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. 41 drivers in the field. Shotgun with a provisional starting spot. Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama. The Hurley Limo Ford. 40th is H.B. Bailey out of Houston, Texas. That's the Almeida Auto Parts Pontiac. 39th, Jim Sauter of Nesita, Wisconsin. It's the debut for the Rulo Brothers Racing Team, an ARCA team campaigning the Pedigree Chevrolet for the first time in Winston Cup competition. 38th is Clay Young from Smyrna, Georgia in the Means Racing Ford. 37th, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. 36 starter Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. That's the Pronto Auto Parts Chevy. Dick Trickle out of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, has the factory stores Ford in 35th. 34th is Greg Sachs out of Mattituck, New York. The Country Time Ford. Interesting look at the back of that car. Instead of the Country Time logo, all the crew members have signed their names and the word Happy Dad's Day on this Father's Day, 1993. 33rd starter Kenny Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, the Dirt Devil Pontiac. Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin. That's the Jasper Engines Ford starting in 32nd. 31st, Bobby Hillen Jr. out of Midland, Texas, the Heilig Myers Ford. 30th on the field, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington in the Bojangles Ford. 29th, Kyle Petty of Randomon, North Carolina, the Mellow Yellow Pontiac. 28th starter, Phil Parsons from Detroit, Michigan in the Mannheim Auctions Chevrolet. The 27th starter is Wally Dollenbach of Basalt, Colorado in the Keystone Beer Racing Ford. 26th will be driver Jimmy Hensley from Ridgeway, Virginia in the Purolator Ford. 25th, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas in the Kellogg's Corn Flakes Chevrolet. 24th, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida in the STP Pontiac. 23rd will be driver Jeff Gordon of Pittsburgh, Indiana in the DuPont Chevrolet. 22nd, P.J. Jones, that's Parnelli Jones' son out of Torrance, California. He'll be in the Melling Racing Ford. And 21st, Jimmy Spencer of Bear Pennsylvania in the Meineke Ford. The field will get the two-lap-to-go signal when they come past start-finish this time. 20th starter, Jimmy Horton out of Hamilton, New Jersey, the active trucking Chevrolet. 19th, Bobby Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Maxwell House Ford. Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York in a backup motorcraft Ford starts 18th. 17th, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina, a former winner here at Michigan in the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. Hut Strickland of Calera, Alabama starts 16th. That's the McDonald's Ford. 15th is Rusty Wallace out of St. Louis, Missouri, the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. 14th is Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, the Western Auto Chevy. 13th, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, the Sitco Ford, and the Wood Brothers team there getting one of their regular tire changers back. Len Wood, after breaking his arm in an accident earlier this year, returns after practicing many a pit stop earlier this week. He's set to return to the pit stop wars. 12th is Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Rebestus Ford, and 11th, Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, the Budweiser Ford Thunderbird. And a look at the top 10. Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky in the Pennzoil Pontiac is in 10th position. Ninth will be Rick Mast of Rockbridge Bass, Virginia, the Skull Classic Ford. Eighth starter is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi in the Purex Ford. Look for a good run out of Lake here this afternoon. Seventh will be Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas in the Valvoline Ford. Sixth, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. Starting fifth, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Fourth will be Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, in the Kodiak Chevrolet. 
Third starter, Davey Allison from Hueytown, Alabama in the Texaco Haviland Ford. And on the front row, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia in the Tide Chevrolet outside pole. And on the pole, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York in the Quaker State Ford. A lot of potential winners in the lineup this afternoon in the Miller 400. A lot of stories to explore as our day goes along. Remember, there are some backup cars in the field. There are some teams that have had engine problems. There have been accident victims have rebuilt their cars over the last couple of days. A lot of stories to explore. Right now, we see the pit board is being extended from the Jeff Bodine pit right now and it's not a normal looking situation normally as they signal the drivers as to the location of their pit stall they'll just start waving those pit signs and we'll wait and see whether Jeff might be coming down pit road apparently uh, not it doesn't look as though but for a moment looked as though there might have been some activity there in the uh, Bud Moore pit yes and indeed here comes Jeff Bodine now he is slowing and he's going to come down pit road so whatever the problem might be the Bud Moore team will try and rectify it here before they go to the green flag which is just now one lap away Jim Phillips any word as to what a problem might be uh, they didn't say anything at all they're taking a look at around the right side dumping in a little bit of fuel and he goes on the way Travis Carter's here Travis, what was the pit stop for? Well, we, we had to start from the rear because of the accident yesterday going to a backup car. And just a good situation to get all the fuel in you can because, you know, a lap or two might make a difference later in the race. That's Travis Carter, the Bud Moore team, as they just put in an extra gallon of fuel. And maybe he can go an extra lap or two if he has to. That's possibly could make a difference depending on circumstances. Take a quick swing around the speedway as they're getting ready to go green here very shortly to cover the action down in turns one and two this afternoon from Hampton, Virginia, Joe Moore. Thanks, Barney. Turns here at Michigan, very steep and very wide, allowing for plenty of side-by-side -side racing. And the steepness, of course, the banking allows the cars to keep up their speed. We'll follow the action through turn one and two and on to this back straightaway here today in the Miller 400. And our congratulations to Joe Moore and the family. Joe's daughter graduating from high school last evening in Hampton, Virginia. Up in turns three and four again, banking of some 18 degrees. Alan Bestwick is there from Daytona Beach, Florida. Burgess on top of the champion spark plug billboard just outside the retaining wall as the field works their way by us now in turn three. Turn four, the key to this racetrack because it's not a straight turn. You arc your way off that corner onto that D-shaped front straightaway. Getting back on the throttle early in this corner and getting a good run up off of turn four is critical to this racetrack. The front stretch here at Michigan is the length of a normal back straightaway at every other track 3600 feet the fans now rise at a sold-out Michigan International Speedway Elmo Langley brings the Pontiac safety car down pit lane and an hour and 12 minutes late we're going racing here in Michigan green flag goes in the air Brett Bodine on the break will try to get some clear sailing by himself in turn one won't be able to do it door to door just exactly like they started Ricky Rudd stays up alongside Brett Bodine side by side into turn number one right behind them though Ken Schrader trying to break away from Davey Allison and he will Schrader now pulls up alongside Allison, but now Ricky Rudd takes sole possession of the lead. Ricky Rudd moves out front. Second will be Brett Bodine. They'll run side by side for third. That's Davey Allison inside of Ken Schrader. The outside line is going to draft by, put Schrader into third. Dale Earnhardt into fourth. Now they'll race side by side for fifth. Allison and Ernie Irvin. Those cars battle coming through three and four. Davey Allison on the low side of the racetrack. Irvin sandwiched in the middle with Mark Martin working to the outside. Lake Speed had a tough start there as the Purex car lined up an eighth spot. He backpedals here on the first lap. It's led 
by Ricky Rudd back into turn one. Front three cars are single file as they come into turn number two. That'll change quickly. Earnhardt goes to work on Brett Bodine. This the battle for second. Martin Martin drops to the inside. Ernie Irvin gets by him, and now Schrader's up alongside Martin for fourth. Earnhardt is on the outside line making that pass of Brett Bodine. Ricky Rudd drops down, gives Brett Bodine a little drafting help, but it's not going to work. Give Earnhardt second. Brett Bodine's going to race Ernie Irvin now side by side for third. And a couple of those cars that got kicked out of that lead draft, so to speak, single file, lost a lot of ground. Mark Martin was one of those. Brett Bodine is another that has now dropped back to fourth position. The leader is Ricky Rudd. Earnhardt second. The battle's going to be for third place. Good door-to-door -door confrontation down in turn one. Brett Bodine holds the inside lane. Ernie Irvin hooked up on the outside. Irvin now will get by Bodine and pick up that spot. While up front, Earnhardt looks first to the outside. Now down to the inside of the race leader, Ricky Rudd. One car into the wall in turn two. Jimmy Horton spins around. Flames from the rear of his machine as he backed into the wall in turn number two. Horton rolls down the racetrack into the grass. Flames still erupting from the back of his car. Caution is on the speedway. It doesn't take long to get a yellow flag here this afternoon. As he went into the wall, the back end apparently caved in the fuel cell because there was a lot of flame for a moment. Let's go back for a quick update in turn one. The car has come to a stop now. The exit of the racetrack, exit of turn number two, that is, at the beginning of the back straightaway. Flames still at the back end. We can see Jimmy moving around in the car, undoing the straps, trying quickly to get out of the car. Safety personnel have already arrived on the scene. They've got the uh, fire extinguishers there, so it seems the situation is in hand. But as you say, Barney, the car just backed into the wall. It crushed in that rear end, and the flames erupted. Pretty dramatic sight here as the car rolled down the racetrack, and everybody was able to avoid the spinning machine. Horton now climbing out. Seems to be okay. And we are under caution. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering many of the best-known trucks on the road. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies in components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. Purchase your parts at O'ReillyAuto.com. You can pick it up in-store when it's convenient for you. Your parts, tools, or accessories will be waiting at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. No shipping costs, easy returns, and convenient pickup. Shop O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, in 1973 and 1984, we had caution-free races here at the Michigan International Speedway, but this afternoon's Miller 400 goes all of four miles before the first caution flag shown. Jimmy Horton in the ambulance heading to the infield care center. We'll get an update from there shortly. Also look, Jim Phillips, as though Phil Parsons might have either gotten involved with Horton or with someone else. A little work on the Mannheim auctions car. And Derek Cope is going a lap down now with an extended stay on pit road. Well, Derek Cope's problem, the, the engine is turning over and they're putting starter fluid to the carburetor, but he will not start. Uh, the engine was not running when he came down to, into the pit lane. And right now they're looking at the distributor and the light engine just fired up. So whatever the problem was, it uh, had something to do with the a distributor and the crew chief Bob Johnson disgustingly slams the hood down on the car. The Phil Parsons problem looked to be minor if he didn't get damage to the right front wheel. If that does not tow out, he should be all right to finish the race. 
Today's broadcast of the Miller 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Michigan International Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited on this Father's Day 1993. Can't let this opportunity go by without extending a bit of a premature but happy birthday nevertheless to my old buddy up here, Barney Hall, celebrating a birthday on Thursday of this. Didn't you have a birthday last last year? No, I didn't have one last year, oh. and I appreciate you saying an old Barney that Hall. That was O-L apostrophe. Oh, yeah, O-L-A. O-L-A. Yeah, Barney's no, having a birthday like, uh, this coming Thursday. We kid about that. All Everybody does. Earl Parker Sr. that used to be with Champion Spark Plug uh, years ago were always saying, well, you've had another birthday, and Earl always said, and I feel like he does. I, Earl always said, I want all the birthdays I have coming, so just exactly. keep them coming. Exactly. Happy birthday to you, Barney Hall. We are five laps complete of the 200 laps that make up this distance here. This is a two-mile racetrack in the Irish Hills of Michigan, Michigan International Speedway. The Unical Challenge, if you didn't join us at the outset of our coverage back at about 1245 Eastern Time today, we'll tell you that $60,800 on the line for Brett Bodine, should he go on to win today's Miller 400. Here comes Harry Gant. Again, early in the broadcast today, Harry was not particularly talkative, sounded concerned, and now the Skull Bandit is in for a pit stop here at lap number six, and some of the crew members quickly uh, hit the tarmac, look under the car, and then Harry is back out onto the racetrack as quickly as he presented himself on pit road. Now, Harry was one of those drivers that uh, had an accident here in practice earlier in the week, and they have been working on that car and everything also. And uh, he's not been in the best of moods. He had a great run at Pocono the other week, but the team has had uh, kind of a slow start for the season. But uh, as we said when we first came on the air, it's been a good racetrack for Harry Gant over the years. I think he has, I believe he has one win here, if memory serves me right. And uh, he's had some real good top five finishes over the years. So it's a track he likes. If he can get the car to his liking, he should be right up in the thick of things here as the afternoon goes by. Talk about a turnaround this weekend. How about Michael Waltrip? He's had a pretty good weekend, qualified 10th. Remember this race a year ago when uh, the team went through three race cars? Michael ended up with a broken nose after a, a practice accident. They brought out a backup car, and Ben Hess climbed in as the backup driver. He had an accident. They had to go back to Charlotte, get yet a third car, and the car was finally driven by Michael Waltrip, and they finished in 27th spot this week. It has been a whole lot uh, better. A lot of smiles in the Pennzoil pit area. They qualified 10th, and Michael Waltrip right now having moved up to 8th spot as we get set to go green, and one more lap here in Michigan. One more lap around this racetrack, and they will turn them loose. Apparently it's going to be a single file restart. Uh, we're just sitting here looking at the cars running around here at about 75 miles an hour behind the caution car and you were talking about the length of the straightaway here a moment ago and I was thinking back in the early years when we first came to Michigan uh, used to Bobby Allison uh, Cale Yarbrough David Pearson a lot of the guys that had airplanes years ago used to land in the back straightaway here with their aircraft and then taxi them off uh, down toward the infield area and then take off after the race was over so uh, Kind of a lot of memories in that. That's been a long, long time ago, however. Backstretch is 2,242 feet, which is, I guess, kind of like many of your smaller community uh, airport runways. And this main straightaway is much longer. It's 3,600 feet, but it is not straight. Using the term straightaway is incorrect. It is a curved stretch Eli? from turn four back all the way to turn one. Go right ahead, Jim. Well, Jimmy Horton, I can see that you're all right, but your Chevrolet doesn't look too good. What happened? Well, we got turned around there in turn one. I don't, you know, we got hit, but... You know, I don't know what happened there. Just kind of a racing deal, I guess. So we just got to get the car put back together. We're getting some qualifying efforts back. You know, we're running better and 
We're going to be running up front before the end of the year, so hopefully we'll be in good shape. That's Jimmy Horton. He is all right, and his car goes by on a flatbed that uh, doesn't look too well. Jimmy Horton was the pole sitter for yesterday's ARCA event here at Michigan. That was eventually won by Jeff Purvis, but it's been a, a mixed bag weekend, obviously, with Jimmy Horton now gone after two laps of racing. Quickly upon the restart, Ricky Rudd is the leader, Dale Earnhardt second, Ernie Urban third, Brett Bodine fourth, Mark Martin goes fifth as the green flag is in the air. They won't stay single file very long as they cross the start finish line. Ricky Rudd gets a good start. He'll pull away a couple of car lengths on Dale Earnhardt, and so far, everybody's single file back through about the top 20 into turn one. Single files away, they'll stay going into turn number one and still an advantage of about three car lengths for Ricky Rudd. Here's Earnhardt now from the second spot, dropping to the inside of the track, and Mark Martin now will challenge for fourth. He goes to the outside of Brett Bodine. Bodine trapped down to the inside. All the drafting help is up in the outside lane in front of Mark Martin, so give Mark the fourth spot, kick Brett back to fifth. Sixth is Schrader, then about five car lengths back to seventh place. Rick Mast, Michael Waltrip, and Davey Allison. Mark Martin on the move. He passed Brett Bodine to the outside, now tries Ernie Irvin to the inside and makes that pass work here on the main stretch. Heading towards start finish, give Mark Martin third behind Rudd and Earnhardt. And Martin's car after the accident of mid-practice yesterday, apparently none the worse for wear. Now on the move, Dale Earnhardt diving to the inside of the Tide Chevrolet. Earnhardt in the lead in turn number one. He flashed by Ricky Rudd, and now Mark Martin goes to the inside of Rudd. Martin up alongside Ricky. Dale Earnhardt goes up to the high side of the racetrack in front of Rudd. That's going to leave Martin with no drafting help, but still the Valvoline Ford able to stay up alongside of Ricky Rudd as Earnhardt stretches out to a three, four car length lead. Rudd and Martin still race side by side. Door to door, they come off the corner. They say head into turn number four, hit the straightaway. Earnhardt is pulled away by some 10 car lengths right now, but the battle for second place, it is a dandy. Mark Martin down to the inside, Ricky Rudd on the outside. Now Mark's all by himself there, Joe Moore, and the cars in the outside lane got a little rafting help. Rudd gets the aid of Ernie Irvin and Brett Bodine stacked up right behind him. A little bit of help from Mark Martin from Kenny Schrader, but now he falls back in line. Martin swings around, he'll pick up second. Rudd falls in line in third, Ernie Irvin in fourth, and the battle now for the fifth spot. Ken Schrader is on the inside, and Brett Bodine is on the outside, and they'll go door to door as they come down to the end of the backstretch, and the end to turn number three. Meantime, now that the second, third, and fourth place cards have got single file, they've eaten up that lead. Dale Earnhardt had worked his way into. Earnhardt went a bit wide in turn four. It opens the inside for Martin. He can't make it pay off. He'll settle right in the tire tracks of Earnhardt. He'll come to the stripe that way. 11 laps complete of 200. The battle on the track is for fifth with Schrader now working inside of Brett Bodine. Side by side up into turn number one. Brett Bodine gets the run going in a little bit stronger than does Ken Schrader. Schrader, though, pulls even again coming off turn two. And up front, the battle for the lead. Martin had a thought of going after it underneath Dale Earnhardt. But couldn't make it stick and falls back in line. Single file, the front four are single file. Then still that fifth place scramble. Now four cars tied up in that. Schrader and Michael Waltrip on the inside. Brett Bodine and Sterling Marlin on the outside. And Rick Mast right in their tire tracks. And that's where the hard racing is going on. It's from fifth place on back as the front four swing out of turn four and back into the straightaway. They'll put 12 laps on the board. We'll be back. Fans have been jumping up and down, watching Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt battle for the lead. Martin just took it away from him a moment ago. Dale rides second, but it's a good hot battle for third now in turn three. Ernie Irvin, the fourth place driver, tucks underneath. Ricky Rudd slides up in front of him in turn four and grabs the spot. The man who's having some problems staying where he wants is Darrell Waltrip. He'll lose a position to Rick Wilson, a position to Jeff Gordon midway through the pack. Further to the front, around 15th spot, a good three-way battle between Bobby Labonte, Lake Speed, and Dale Jarrett. All of this behind the race leader. 
Senator Mark Martin. Lake Speed, the meat in that sandwich is Bobby Labonte now uses the inside line to bypass both those cars. They'll fall back into single file battling from 15th on back. Up front, though, Mark Martin stretches it out by four car lengths over Earnhardt. And the front four runs single file and about six car lengths back to fifth place. Brett Bodine, everybody tucked tightly together from fifth. Fifth back on through about 20th spot. Only car out of line is Ken Schrader. He's running ninth. He's trying to get eighth away from Michael Waltrip. And he won't be able to do it. All he'll do now is just tuck in single file and ride back into the straightaway as 15 laps go on the scoreboard from the Michigan International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. He is the envy of the racing world. I assumed that Ryan, Bubba, and Chase were all busy, and I was the next in the pecking <laughs> order. She goes way back. When did you meet? Seventh grade? Uh, sixth grade? No, ninth grade. That was a minute ago. And he just wants to be friends. Are we friends? No. It's the Sunday Money Podcast. Join Corey LaJoy, Daryl Mott, and Lauren Fox as they detail what it's like to live the racing lifestyle both on and off the track. Download and subscribe to Sunday Money on iTunes, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. It's butts and nuts jammed in there. At Michigan International Speedway, the top four spots remain unchanged. Fifth, though, now goes to Mark Martin and a challenge for sixth. Ricky Rudd down to the inside of Rick Mast at the end of the back straightaway. He's going to grab that spot. Mast will drop to the inside and try and keep Ken Schrader behind him. Really good racing going on here at the Michigan International Speedway. This is like the old days years ago when we all really looked forward to coming here to watch him swap that lead some 50 and 60 times every race. Earnhardt is still the leader. If they're going to swap it back and forth with him, Joe Moore, they're going to have to come up with more than they have thus far. Ernie Irvin has thrown everything he's got at him, trying to use the inside line here several times. He's almost pulled even, but not quite alongside Dale Earnhardt. For now, he'll settle in and ride behind him. Sterling Marlin has shown some power a couple of times, too, but for the time being, he'll be content to ride along in the third spot. The man who's going to challenge for the lead is Mark Martin. He's working his way closer and closer to the front. He just got by Ricky Rudd a couple laps ago. He's made up all the ground up to the lead group. Now he's going to go after fourth underneath Jeff Gordon. The car handling so well as Gordon drifts a bit high through turn number four. Martin keeps the Valvoline Ford stuck to the low and middle grooves. And here at start finish, he'll bypass Gordon and pick up a spot. Still running very well, Rick Mast. They had a super pit stop earlier. He's still running in the top six right now, Jim Phillips. A good run for the Jackson car. It really is. Richard, on that first pit stop, he only took two tires. Can you get away with just taking on two here at Michigan? Yeah. We just took on two tires to say to gain track position, but it, it made the car push. So we got to work on the car the next stop and got to put four tires on. Well, the last uh, two or three weeks, you've really been running good. Thank you. That's crew chief Richard Jackson as he watches Rick Bass stay up in the top 10. He qualified ninth. Rick's having a great run. Speaking of great runs, Mark Martin stacks them three deep. He comes all the way from the outside of the racetrack to dive down to the inside, trying to take away second place. Mark Martin has the inside line. He'll get by Ernie Irvin, now trying to pull up alongside the Sterling Marlin car. Irvin, though, now pulls back up alongside Mark Martin. Martin's all alone down low on the outside lane. They're stacked up nose to tail. Couple of the four, it's running for the second spot. It's Martin and Sterling Marlin now as they come down the 
back straightaway. All the drafting help is on the outside of the racetrack, so Marlin's going to grab second. Ernie Irvin's going to grab third, and Martin will have to fall in line back and forth. He's not going to stay there for long. He drops down to the inside off of turn four. He'll make the move, trying to pick up one spot as he works to the inside of Ernie Irvin, but a classic view of how strong the draft really is here at Michigan, here at the start-finish line. Martin looked outside of Sterling Marlin, can't make the move, but Marlin moves inside of Earnhardt. He wants the lead for the second time. Side-by-side, side, the Ray Vistas four down on the inside of the Goodrich Chevrolet into turn number one. Earnhardt up on the outside, laying the car, wanting to break loose a bit, but he wrestles it back in. Marlin's still there, and now Mark Martin drops in line behind Earnhardt in the outside lane. And that may cost Sterling Marlin his drafting help now. He'll try and stay up alongside Dale Earnhardt as they come to the end of the back straightaway. He is able to stay up alongside Earnhardt. They're nose to nose as they come into the corner. Now Martin goes three wide down to the bottom of four. Mark Martin puts it right down on the apron of the racetrack. They are three deep, and that's for the lead out of turn number four. Back to the line, and Mark Martin's got it. Down in the middle of that group, still Sterling Marlin, Earnhardt on the outside. They head back for turn one. Mark Martin leads the parade. Now the battle for the second spot with Earnhardt on the outside of Sterling Marlin. Now Earnhardt clears that car. Ernie Irvin pulls up to the outside of Sterling Marlin. Earnhardt tries to go to the outside of Mark Martin. Can't quite get the power to get up alongside. Earnhardt falls in line behind. Mark Martin slides up to protect that outside group, and he will lead down the back straightaway. Earnhardt will be second. Ernie Irvin third. Fourth, Sterling Marlin. Fifth, Jeff Gordon. Now Ricky Rudd has moved up to join the lead group. He's running sixth. Side-by-side side for seventh, Ken Schrader and Rick Mast. Schrader works the low side. Mast to the high side. That's seventh and eighth. Bill Elliott ninth. Morgan Shepard tenth. Eleventh place, a couple of Pontiacs with the inside, Michael Waltrip. Outside, Rusty Wallace. That's eleventh and twelfth. Bobby Labonte thirteenth. Lake Speed fourteenth. Dale Jarrett is fifteenth. Hutt Strickland sixteenth. Seventeenth, Jimmy Hensley. Eighteenth now, Jeff Bodine. Ahead of nineteenth place, running Jimmy Spencer. And twentieth spot held down by Kenny Wallace. We check in on Pit Road. Well, standing here with Richard Childers, uh, the owner for Dale Earnhardt. Richard, uh, I was come up here to ask you what were you going to do when Mark got there, but uh, I already seen it happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Mark's in a class of his own today. Uh, we're faring pretty well with the class cars we're in, and Mark's just in a class by himself. He's running class A where everybody else is in class B. Is your car doing all right, though? Is it getting through the corners as, as you like, or can you make some different changes? Well, he hasn't said much. He liked it before that last stop, and he hadn't commented after that. Richard said when I walked up here a while ago, well, make sure not make Mark mad no more. This hurts. Uh, as we said, Mark probably started this race with more determination to show what he can do and what that car can do than he has all year long, and he is absolutely proving it right now. He has left five of the best cars in the business right in his wake as he heads up to turn number three. And he's got about ten car lengths on those five cars, those being Dale Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin, second and third, side-by-side side momentarily for fourth with Sterling Marlin and Ricky Rudd and Jeff Gordon, fifth. And again, if you weren't with us early in the broadcast, might not understand exactly what Dick Brooks and Richard Childress were discussing when he said he didn't want to make Mark Martin mad. There was an accident on the racetrack here yesterday at around 11 o'clock in the morning involving Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. It forced the Valvoline team to do a lot of work on the race car to get it back in shape. And Mark Martin had some rather heated words to say, just to say, I'm going to come back and prove what this car can do. So that's what the comment was about. And Martin backing it up on the racetrack now here at lap number 52. Average speed, uh, relatively slow, 127.805 miles an hour. 
power, due in part to the three caution flags thus far. Jimmy Horton hitting the wall in turn two on lap number two. Brett Bodine with engine problems at lap 19. Then Davey Allison tagged in the rear by another car that spun him around, sending Allison to the garage. Horton is gone for the day. Clay Young with engine failure out for the day. So too Brett Bodine. Davey Allison's car still being worked on in the garage area. The man currently second in Winston Cup points hopes to be able to get back into the race later today. But right now, by 25 car lanes on the racetrack, Mark Martin just pulling away from everybody else. Today's Miller 400 on MRN Radio is sponsored by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protective by Planters Nuts. Eat Planters. Everybody loves a racing nut by your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks by Highlight Myers Furniture, proud sponsor of the Bobby Hillen, Junie Donlevy Thunderbird, and by Wix Filters. You'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Daytona 500 winner Dale Jarrett's car. By two and nine-tenths seconds, Mark Martin leads the Miller 400 here at Michigan International Speedway. He took the lead most recently at lap number 49, now leads at lap 58 after Ricky Rudd, Dale Earnhardt, and Sterling Marlin have also led today. The race been slowed three times by caution with four drivers in the garage area. Jimmy Horton, Clay Young, Brett Bodine, and Davey Allison. Average speed now climbs to 131.183 miles an hour as 58 of the 200 laps are complete here in the Miller 400 in Michigan. Welcome back, everyone, with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick cover the action in the turns today. Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips are on pit road. If you're curious as to why we are only at lap 58 here at 3 o'clock Eastern time, it's because the race was delayed some one hour due to morning rain showers. But once track drying was completed, this race has been running like a firecracker, and it's been some great competition. Bill Elliott's a car we've been watching also that's beginning to move up a little bit. He is running real strong. It's been a great racetrack for him over the years. And uh, let's see if one of our pit reporters has been around his pit and find out what they think down there this afternoon. Well, we're in his pit right now. Mike Beam, understand this is a brand new race car for you. Yeah, Jim, it's a new race car. The guys worked hard to get here. You know, uh, it's, it seems to be doing fairly well. The longer we run, the better it gets, you know. But we just have to see because Mark, he's pretty much checking out. But... Bill said he thought he could hold his own. We'll just kind of see what happens. I like to say Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to my dad at home. And uh, you know, we'll get this on track, and hopefully, we can win a race. For everybody. I understand Junior had something to do with the design of this chassis, this car. Yeah, this this thing's about four different makes and models. You know, it's. Uh, to be honest with you, we measured that uh, 63 Chevrolet in the museum down there at Darlington. <laughs> couple months ago and we kind of done some things. It seems to be doing okay. I think we're in the right direction. We just got to keep working. That's what they're going to do. They talked about the point race. He told me before the race that right now is out the window. We've got to start working on things that will make it work for the rest of the year and for next year. Boy, they've really been burning the midnight oil on that team and that's not the only one. Just about everybody in Winston Cup racing lately. If hard work would win races, there's probably 25 teams down there that'd be in victory lane every week. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. 
Mark Martin is now better than three and a half seconds away from the second place car. And Alan Bestwick, there's been about six cars locked up in that tussle. That's been the best race on the speedway for the last 25 laps around here. Been a good scramble with Earnhardt second and Irvin third, and then Sterling Marlin and Ricky Rudd and Jeff Gordon and Ken Schrader. They're all jockeying for position, trying to find a way to get a little bit closer to the front. Chasing down that group of cars is Bill Elliott, about whom we were speaking just moments ago. As we work lap number 62, Rusty Wallace and Morgan Shepard, they lead a pack of seven cars. Also trying to get a bit closer to the leader, but thus far it has been all Mark Martin. He has taken the lead most recently at lap 49. Now at lap number 62, he has just now bypassed Dave Marcus and Kenny Wallace heading up into turn three. And we're getting to put another lap on the H.B. Bailey car. Now Martin all by himself once he bypasses that car and free racetrack off of turn four. Dale Earnhardt holding those other five cars at bay. Ricky Rudd is a car that's probably been as active as anybody out there. We've seen him door to door, outside, inside, more than any in that pack of traffic trying to move up. Ricky driving the wheels off that thing here this afternoon, going to his own team next year, as you probably heard us say in the beginning of the broadcast. They're single file for second place, six cars, nose to tail in turn two. Dale Earnhardt leads the pack of traffic from the second on back to the seventh spot, and they seem to mix it up each time they come by. Right now, Ernie Irvin looking down to the inside of Earnhardt as Ricky Rudd looks to the outside of Sterling Marlin. They come up on some lap traffic. Earnhardt's going to have that line shut off. He'll move up to the outside wall as they lap the H.B. Bailey car. Now Ernie Irvin drops down to the inside. Sterling Marlin is going to take a crack at third in the outside. Sterling tries the high groove. It won't work because they were coming up on the outside retaining wall. It opens the inside for Ricky Rudd. The bright orange and blue colors of the Tide Chevrolet tries to draw even, but the draft kicks in here at start finish. That's going to allow Ernie Irvin, Marlin, and the rest to try and pull away from Rudd. They'll fall back in line in single file as Rudd falls in the tire tracks of Sterling Marlin. Rudd taking a lower line. The other four cars to the outside. Earnhardt, Irvin, Marlin, and Jeff Gordon all using the outside line. And one car up in smoke two-thirds of the way down the back straightaway. P.J. Jones in the Harry Mellon car going up in smoke right in front of the leader, Mark Martin. Jones gets the car down to the inside line. All the leaders have to work their way through an immense cloud of smoke. In fact, I can't even see the cars until they come through it off into turn number three now as they begin to clear that smoke from the wind they create and work their way through turn four. P.J. Jones brings that car onto pit road, but caution is on the speedway. The yellow flag has just been displayed to the field. It will come out at lap 65 and this will be the fourth one this afternoon as PJ Jones brings his car onto pit road the Melling car let's see if he's going to his pit or if he's going to go to the garage looks like he's going to take it down to the pit and let him take a look at it and see if it can be repaired and put him back onto the racetrack but we are under caution tough break for the second winningest car owner in stock car history here at this track of course Harry Melling for years fielding the cars for Bill Elliott and he has as a car owner seven wins the Wood Brothers have 11 wins as a car ownership group the majority coming while they prepared cars so well for David Pearson. The hood's up on the Melling P.J. Jones car. Dick Brooks? Well, they're looking it over, uh, Eli, trying to find out if there's something they can do to make it work. We'll find out in a minute what's wrong. Hood continues to stay up as they swarm all over that car, hoping to get him back onto the racetrack, but uh, it doesn't look all that good right now. We're under caution, as we said, for the fourth time this afternoon. Quick reminder that later on in our broadcast, Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will be selecting the Mechanic of the Race Award. The top NASCAR mechanic receives $1,000 from Western Auto. Andy Petrie, the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt, currently leads the standings. Tony Glover is second. He is crew chief on the Ernie Irvin Chevrolet. Rusty Wallace is crew chief. Buddy Parrott is third in the standings. Donnie Wingo, who is the crew chief for the Jeff Bodine Ford, is fourth. 
Here come all the leaders now off the pit lane, or rather off the racetrack onto the pit lane. Staying on the track are the lapped cars of Kenny Wallace, Dave Marcus, H.B. Bailey, Derek Culp, and Jimmy Means. Everyone else is on pit road. The leader is in, Mark Martin, for service. Let's cover his stop. Well, it's kind of... As best I can see, they're just going to do tires and fuel. I, don't, I can't imagine them doing any kind of a chassis adjustment. They, uh, the car's hooked up so well. Hut Strickland's in. They're going to service his car. Let's see, they're doing right side, left side. And uh, same way with Jimmy Hensley. Jeff Gordon's in, doing the same thing on his. They got to right side. They're finishing off left side. Wally Dolan back the same way. Uh, the cars get finished off. I think everybody down here took four tires and fuel. Jim Phillips. Dale Jarrett's been in. Bobby Labonte in. Dale Earnhardt was the first off the pit lane on this end. Bill Elliott's been in for tires. Jeff Bodine in. Rick Mass is in. This time he got four tires. Lake Speed has been in. Daryl Waltrip just uh, leaving was the Rick Wilson car. He's back on the speedway. And Bobby Hillen, the last one off the pit lane on this end of pit road. Now these stops are coming under caution, and they would be routine stops for everyone. The cars that are a lap down will be coming in the next time around. Barney, they think it's a head gasket on P.J. Jones's car. They can't uh, determine for sure, but there's water and stuff there, and it, uh, they, they believe that's what it is. He's standing here. P.J., uh, short day for you. What happened? Yeah, just uh, we had a sh uh, little motor problem. Uh, probably a head gasket or something like that. The milling car, uh, it was running good. You know, we were just taking our time and trying to get some experience out there. And, uh, you know, it felt good. We needed to come in and make a couple adjustments. But, uh, you know, this is Melling's hometown, and I wish we could have done a little better. You're getting, you're getting pretty comfortable with cars, these big cars now? Uh, you know, it's still going to take some time, but it's getting there. <laughs> okay. It's a long ways from uh, circuits and stuff where they've been coming from the West Coast, I think. These are some real good race cars, and uh, he's going to do a good job. He's just trying to get a little track time now and get some experience, but he's got a problem here with a head gasket. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Lap 94 here at Michigan International Speedway. That's six laps shy of halfway in the Miller 400. Mark Martin continues to lead with Sterling Marlin second. Dale Earnhardt now in third spot ahead of Ernie Irvin fourth. And fifth spot now belongs to Morgan Shepard as the Wood Brothers sit goal forward has climbed up the leaderboard, bypassing Ricky Rudd, who now runs in the sixth spot. While you were gone, Davey Allison returned from the garage area. He is 65 laps down, but second in Winston Cup points. He's out there to get whatever points he can for the remainder of this day and while he brought his car onto the racetrack Michael Waltrip has taken the Pennzoil Pontiac to the garage area we heard the uh, word from the crew chief moments ago now let's go to the garage and hear from the driver well Michael you had a 10th place qualifying for this uh, particular race and uh, running pretty good out there on the racetrack but you made that hard left turn what happened well she blew up I think it broke a valve or something uh, been having some valve problems lately a lot of people have. It's a shame, but uh, it's part of it. I want to wish my dad a happy Father's Day. Uh, I love you, Dad, and wish I could be with you. Uh, sorry I can't. I'll see you next weekend. Let me think of anybody else I want to say. I threw why I got here. I'm just disappointed, Jim, but maybe we'll get them next week, you know? That's Michael Walter. Well, he's another driver that has been more than jinxed with his share of bad luck this year. Caution is coming out of the speedway. Caution is coming out of the racetrack. It will be the fifth one this afternoon. There's debris on the racetrack up in turn number four. And the NASCAR officials fearing it's just a little bit too close to the racing groove to let it sit out there. So at lap number 96, Mark Martin, the race leader, will take the caution flag as we have debris on the racetrack. The fifth caution of the day, slowing the average speed now to 138.014. 
four miles an hour. And the pit road will be a busy place here in just a moment. So quickly, while we're under caution, it'll give us a minute to talk with Randy Chappell, the assistant manager of the Winston Cup out of Sports Marketing Enterprises. Randy, I understand it's been uh, several years since you've been back to the Michigan track. You've been off in other duties. Boy, this place has really changed, has it not? Yeah, it's like most of the other tracks. You stay away for a few years, and um, all the improvements happen. You come back, and it's uh, fairly recognizable. But uh, beautiful track here, beautiful crowd. Uh, very patient crowd for hanging around today since uh, festivities were held up until about 1230. Well, the Winston Cup points battle this year has uh, kind of been a pendulum for a lot of drivers. It swung back and forth. It looked like Rusty was going to run away with it a while. Then Dale Earnhardt has this big lead right now, but we all know that can change in a hurry. Yeah, it's pretty early, as uh, Steve Tucker was uh, speaking last week. Uh, we haven't even really hit the summer season yet, but uh, looks like Davey Allison had a little tough luck today. Dale Earnhardt's good fortune continues, but... Uh, other people's bad luck is some people's good luck, so you know how it can turn pretty quickly. Yeah, it can work that way in a hurry. Randy, thanks for stopping by. We're going to cover these pit stops as the field is peeling off if up in turn number four, getting ready to make a scheduled stop here under caution. Thank you, Barney. I'd like to echo uh, one other remark. Uh, happy Father's Day, all the fathers out there. Thank you, Randy. Good to see you with us here. Here comes Mark Martin, Sterling Marlin, Dale Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, Ricky Rudd, everybody down pit lane now for service at lap number 98, two laps shy of halfway. The leader is in in front of Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin is getting uh, service. I don't see any chassis adjustments again. I don't see why there would be for this particular time. Ken Schrader's in. Uh, they're going to do... Well, uh, they're going to do four tires. They look like they were only going to do two at first, but they decided they going to do four. They're taking a little wedge out of the rear, left rear of his car, so that means the car's a little bit tight for him. Rick Rudd's in. Uh, they got his car down and away. Four tires and gas. Uh, everybody down here got four tires and fuel, and they're back on the racetrack. Jim Phillips. Well, Rusty Wallace has had some problems on his pit stop. Uh, he's still sitting in the pit lane as they have the left side up on his car. It was a particularly long stop for... Uh, Dale Earnhardt, uh, well, a little bit uh, longer than usual, 21.5 on his top, but I think they're taking a spring rubber out of the Rusty Wallace's left front. Bobby Labonte's been in for service. Dale Jarrett, uh, four tires in gasoline. Bill Elliott in for four tires in gasoline. Jeff Bodine, Rick Mass, Lake Speed, Darrell Waltrip, all these cars on this end, the same service, four tires in gasoline here on lap 98. I'll tell you what, as competitive as it is on the racetrack among the drivers, you and I sit here and watch these pit stops. These guys now are making pit stops that I absolutely cannot believe. Sterling Marlin will win the race off pit road this time, but just by inches. Mark Martin's crew really got him out in a hurry, as did Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. And also the McDonald's team with Mike Hill got Hut Strickland out of there in a hurry that He round. did. Made a great stop. And as a matter of fact, just did beat Sterling Marlin out of pit lane to pick up a uh, spot there. Bobby Labonte's been having a good run here today. His car was and 22nd after a pit stop earlier. He had climbed to 15, to 15th spot, and that's where he is being shown right now. So as we are one lap shy of halfway, a number of good runs here. Right now joining us in the booth is John Middlebrook. He is a vice president of General Motors and the general manager of the Pontiac Motor Division. Great to see you here today. Nice to be here, Eli. It's been a great turnout this weekend. You know, I was talking to some of the, the drivers in the garage, and these fellows make a lot of appearances, as you know, all across the country. It really got them going to visit the Pontiac uh, employees, the plant the other day. You had all your drivers up to Pontiac, and that really made an impression on these fellas. That sure did. It's great for our team up there to, to get to meet the drivers and for them to see all the support they've got from the Pontiac people. Do the employees take a fairly active approach to following Winston Cup racing? Do they check the box scores and watch and listen and so on? Sure. We report it in our company newspaper every Monday, and we've got eight busloads up here at the race, Eli. That's super. Pontiac, I know I've been talking to a lot of your dealers across the country. They've had a, a great 
number of months here now. The uh, new smart lease program that has taken on uh, uh, in the last number of months has really caught the fancy of the buying or leasing public. Yeah, we're doing great with this smart buy program. Uh, All-time record month for our Grand Am in the month of May. And, of course, we see the uh, Trans Am out here pacing the field each and every week. It's been a, an ongoing involvement now, 22 years' worth for Pontiac. Yeah, it's, a, it's great for us. And, and be able to put that new Firebird on the track right now is good exposure. What you got on the uh, drawing board? I know we had gotten a press release uh, officially brought out here yesterday by one of the other members of the General Motors family that they'll be uh, returning to racing with a new uh, nameplate for 1995, the Monte Carlo. What's Pontiac got on the uh, drawing board for the future? Well, lots of, lots of new cars coming, but we'll be staying with those Grand Prix out on this track. Well, super. John, great to see you. And enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Thanks, Eli. John Middlebrook, general manager of the Pontiac Motor Division of General Motors. Field has just been given the indication one lap, and we will go back to green flag racing. Hut Strickland is being posted as a leader. Sterling Marlin is second. Third right now is Mark Martin. Fourth is Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt round out the top five. Let's go to the pits. Well, Barney, we were talking. We've been talking a lot about drivers dodging each other and missing stuff on the racetrack and, and the things that they have to go through unexpectedly and stuff. One of the things that's happened since I drove a lot uh, years and years ago was getting tires loose out on pit row. I was stammering a while ago when we were talking about pit rows and, and uh, pit crews and such. They had, uh, there was a tire came loose off of Wally Dollenbach's car and was rolling back up pit row, going the opposite direction, and it was weaving back and forth like it was going to fall over, but it just never did fall over. And all the cars coming up through there at the same time, and they were all having to dodge it. And I was just waiting to, for one of them to crunch it, and they all missed it. They just, uh, it was amazing just watching it. It looked like a, a ballet thing, a guy's missing a tire. It is unreal, as we said, to watch these pit stops anymore. I've always been fascinated of how they can work and not get in each other's way. If we did, if we worked like that in the booth, I'd fall over you, you'd fall over me, and that'd be the end of both of us, I That's guess. That's exactly right. And the amazing thing is that these teams still practice their pit stops at the shop during the week. Not every day, not necessarily a number of stops, but they do make those stops to make sure they keep the sharp edge. Before the restart, quickly again to pit road. Rusty Wallace made an extra stop. They put some tape on the front uh, grill section of that car. The car's been running tight. They also, on the pit stop, the reason it took so long, they put a spring rubber in the left front. So chassis adjustments here on lap 98 and 100 for Rusty Wallace. Field comes down, green flag goes in the air. Hut Strickland, the leader, sets sail. Right behind him is Sterling Marlin. Mark Martin is right behind him. That's the top three as we're exactly 100 laps halfway home. They're down to turn one. Cars in the lead lap working the outside line. Couple of lap cars down low holding up some of the traffic trying to move up. Namely, Mark Martin trying to get by the Sterling Marlin car. Derek Cope and Dick Trickle block his path down on the inside. Jimmy Hensley's car also down on the inside of those a lap down. Earnhardt's going to try and go three wide around all of them as Hut Strickland and Sterling Marlin clear all the lap traffic. Now Earnhardt splits Jimmy Hensley and Derek Hope and slides up into fourth in front of Ricky Rudd. He'll come through turn number four. Hutch Strickland's McDonald's Ford wide. Uh, runs wide through turn four and as he goes out towards the outside retaining wall it opens the low side for both Sterling Marlin and Mark Martin. Martin will lead that lap. Lap number 102 picking up where he left off prior to those pitch stops. Sterling Marlin now battling for the second spot trying to hold on to that but Hut Strickland will maintain that position. Now Marlin gets a little loose as Earnhardt goes to the inside. Some contact there but Earnhardt picks up the third spot. Earnhardt will now try and go underneath Hut Strickland's forward as they come down the back straight away. Ricky Rudd's going to try and bypass 
past Sterling Marlin for fourth as well. Now Jeff Gordon drops down three wide on the inside of the racetrack. Now he'll fall back in line double wide. It's Martin, Strickland, and Earnhardt off of turn four. And as hot as the battle was for the lead for about two laps, it evaporates for the moment, but the racing picks up back at fourth place. It's just as hot back there as it has been at the front of the pack. Ricky Rudd and Sterling Marlin go at it for fourth. Behind them, they're still door-to-door -door for fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth in turn one. Marlin picks up the fourth spot. Ricky Rudd holds on to fifth for the time being, but Ernie Irvin now challenges him for that spot. Directly behind is Ken Schrader coming on strong. Morgan Shepard and also Jeff Gordon and Dale Jarrett are side-by-side. Darrell Waltrip gets shuffled out of the groove coming down the back straightaway. Loses six, seven, eight, nine positions now before finally getting back in line. Meanwhile, here's Dale Earnhardt looking down to the inside of Hutch Strickland a bit per second in turn four. 29 cars still on the lead lap as Earnhardt looks to the low side of the racetrack. This time can't get the good run on Hutch Strickland, so he'll settle back into his position for a moment. He now feels a challenge from Sterling Marlin for third, and Earnhardt may not get back in line. Rudd's going to pass him. Ernie Irvin trying to pass him in one. Earnhardt trying to get in right behind Ricky Rudd, but again, Ernie Irvin is there blocking the line. So Earnhardt says, well, if I can't fall back, I'll try to move up. He races now with Ricky Rudd for third on the back straightaway. A couple of Chevrolets side by side as they come off the corner, running behind a couple of Fords at the head of the pack. It's Martin, then five car lengths, then Strickland, then Mar then uh, Sterling Marlin, rather, tucked right on his back bumper. Dale Earnhardt is going to grab that fourth spot. Now Ricky Rudd will be fifth. There's a problem for Bobby Labonte here on the back straightaway. As he came by us, the car was not running. The Maxwell House Ford has dropped out of the inside. Some kind of fluid coming out of the rear of the car as he heads into the back straightaway. Bobby Labonte had a good run going. He's currently been running 15th position when he had the problem. He's on the apron of the racetrack and will be heading probably to the garage here in a moment. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. 108 laps in the book now at Michigan International Speedway. Mark Martin continues to pull away from the rest of the field as he has throughout the majority of this Miller 400. If you're just joining us, wondering why we're not talking about maybe your favorite driver, well, Jimmy Horton's gone with an accident today. He hit the wall in turn two, lap number two. Clay Young lost an engine, as did Brett Bodine. P.J. Jones gone with engine failure. Likewise, Michael Waltrip. Davey Allison is 65 laps down back racing again, but after an accident on lap 27, he spent the next 65 laps in the garage while Larry McReynolds and the boys helped rebuild the Texaco Haviland Ford. This race has been slowed five times by caution. Average speed 135.219 miles an hour. Currently 27 cars on the lead lap. This mid-race update has been brought to you by Heiligmeyer Furniture, proud sponsor of the Bobby Hill and Junie Dunleavy Ford Thunderbird. Let's go to the garage and Jim Phillips. Well, the disappointed Bobby Labonte. Bobby, you had a good race car today. What happened to it? Well, I'll tell you what, the uh, Maxwell House Ford was running real well and, uh, you know, blew a motor. You know, it's all to it. Uh, one of them deals, motor's been great all year, and uh, this is really our first problem that we ever had. So I uh, can't say enough about the guys in the motor room doing an awful good job. The guys did an awful good go job on the race car. It was pretty easy to drive. It got a little too tight, made an adjustment. It seemed like we're going to get better. And, uh, you know, it's just the way it goes. We'll go next weekend. Bobby Labonte will not finish this afternoon in the Miller 400. That team has uh, really posted some good runs in recent weeks, seem to be getting stronger as the season goes by. 111 laps are on the scoreboard here this afternoon in the Miller 400. Mark Martin continues to lead. You know, we haven't talked about today because he lost a lap very early in the day with a pit stop at lap number four is Derek Cope, the Bojangles car was caught up in amongst the leaders on this most recent restart. He dropped back to get out of everybody's way, 
and then now is beginning to pass everybody again on the outside, working his way back up to the front. He is running one lap down at this point, being shown in 28th spot, the first car a lap down, and try as he will to get out of everybody's way. He just can't help the cars. Running well now, and he's passing them again, albeit, though, one lap down. Tough break for that team because they've got a good run going, but tough to scramble back from where you're running right now. Yeah, they've had, they're another one of those teams that we talked about, like Brett Bodine and uh, Michael Waltrip and some of the guys that have had more than their share of bad luck just having to play catch-up from the early going, and once they get a couple of those little problems out of the way, the car is there, but if you lose a lap or two laps early, there's no way you're going to win, and it's just hard to get up in the top ten, but he's running about as well as anybody out there right now. Mark Martin is your leader. He is ahead by about one and six-tenths seconds as they work over to turn three. Good race for the fifth spot as Morgan Shepard tries to take it away from Dale Earnhardt. He will get to the inside of Earnhardt in turn three and grab the spot, but as he slides up in four, Earnhardt goes low again. Earnhardt trying to keep the car on the low side of the racetrack. Last couple of times through turns one and two, the car went a bit wider than maybe Dale would like. This time he stays to the low side of the track, but he can't get the jump here at start-finish. Morgan Shepard will go by and maybe more cars. Dale Jarrett will make the move to the outside of Dale Earnhardt. He'll pick up the sixth position. Earnhardt falls back in line in seventh. Then Ken Schrader behind him in eighth. Bill Elliott in ninth. And Jeff Gordon rides along in tenth. Those cars went single file now on the back straightaway. Then the lap car of Derek Hope, 11th in line although not on the lead lap. The 11th place car next will be Hutch Strickland, who led on the restart a few laps ago. 12th is side-by-side. Side. Bill Parsons gets to the inside of Jimmy Hensley. Hensley now will go back one spot farther. 113 laps complete of the Miller 400 here this afternoon. 200 laps will make up the event as they continue to wind around here chasing Mark Martin for the moment. And as we said, I think he probably started this race today with more determination that he's going to victory lane if that car doesn't break than he has probably in his whole Winston Cup career. Been a very frustrated race driver this season. Uh, he's had some good runs, had a chance to win, had all kinds of things happen to him from accidents to mechanical problems to getting spun out and everything else. But, buddy, he's got her in the wind here this afternoon as he takes back to turn three one more time. And continues to build on his lead over Sterling Marlin. We look back a couple of spots. Dale Earnhardt has just lost another position. Dale Jarrett has moved himself up around Earnhardt now and into the sixth spot. Also watching smoke now begin to bubble even harder from underneath the STP Pontiac. We have been telling you, our fellows in the turns, Joe and Alan, that we had seen a wisp of smoke earlier. Now the smoke seems to be uh, bubbling even more so, not so much out of the header pipes, but more so out from underneath the car. It's particularly pronounced there in turn one, Joe. Yeah, seeing a little bit of it as it comes to the turn here, particularly as he leaves turn two and heads down the back straightaway. Looks like it's coming from the rear end, possibly could be a rear end problem or maybe a transmission problem on the STP Pontiac. Field works around this racetrack and Dale Earnhardt has lost a few more spots uh, for the restart just a moment ago when they came in and made those pit stops and went back onto the racetrack. He was right up in the thick of things up in the top three or four but the car now really kicking up in the corners and apparently Dale has developed something in the car that is not letting him get it turned in the middle of the corner like he was a little bit earlier. In fact, Earnhardt's just having trouble staying in that five car pack of traffic and not losing any more spots in front of Joe Moore. He's dropped back to the seventh position now after losing his spot to Dale Jarrett. He looks back and there's three starting to bunch up on him. Ken Schrader, Bill Elliott and Jeff Gordon all running quite well and they are closing in now on Earnhardt. All those cars running single file and tucked tightly together behind Dale Jarrett Chevrolet as they come down to the end of the back straightaway. Pretty good distance ahead till you get up to fifth place Morgan Shepard who's in turn four. As they come out of the corner, Dale Earnhardt would love to have finished fifth or better today because if he did, he would surpass a million dollars in winnings for the seventh time in his career. Of course, he's the all-time leading motorsports money winner at better than $17 million. But right now, Jim Phillips and 
in that pit area. They're not concerned about fifth or better. They're concerned about what, if anything, is ailing the car. Well, let's talk to Andy Petrie. Andy, uh, falling back just a little bit. What's the problem? I don't know. He hadn't said anything there. We got a little behind on that pit stop and having to run a little more traffic, you know. We'll just let it shake out a few laps and then ask him how it's going. Well, the car has been uh, a little bit tight, according to team owner Richard Childress, so they're uh, ready to make a chassis investment as they have the next pit stop. Dale has been having that car run as strong through the corners. That's where he's made a lot of his moves coming out of the turn, even get, being able to pass people on the outside. But for the moment, he seems to have just dropped in single file, doesn't want to lose any more positions until whatever problem is on the car, they can get it cured. Let's go to the pits. Barney, I spoke with Richard Chillers a while ago, and he said that the car was, as he'd go off in the turn, the car was loose, and then it would tighten up on him, and it was hard coming off. This is just exactly the opposite thing you want at this particular racetrack. If the car's loose going into the corner, it kind of has a tendency to slip out from under you. If you can keep it loose all the way around, you've got a cushion coming up off the fourth turn, and it gives you a long straightaway. But if the car starts to push in the middle, you can't do anything about it. It just drives off. And as you come off the second turn, the car just heads toward the wall. So that's the hardest thing that there is to fix on almost any racetrack, but it's just exactly the opposite of what you need here. So Dale Earnhardt. Just kind of nursing the car along for the moment. Don't count him out of winning this thing. That car is still very much in the hunt this afternoon. He has currently fallen back to seventh position. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Today's Miller 400 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee, the official coffee of NASCAR, by Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep down body thirst, by Performax from Pennzoil, the new synthetic motor oil that works like liquid ball bearings, protects your engine to the max. By Dirt Devil Vacuum Cleaners from Royal, the power of an upright in the palm of your hand. And by Gumout, quality automotive products providing solutions to engine problems. As he has for much of this day, Mark Martin continues to lead here in the Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway, the leader among the 21 cars on the lead lap. The race has been slowed five times by caution periods with an average speed of 143.434 miles an hour. In the garage, Jimmy Horton, Clay Young, Brett Bodine, P.J. Jones, Michael Waltrip, and Bobby Levante. Everyone else continues to race towards the finish, but fuel mileage could very well well be the story as here at the start finish line we are watching a good battle unfold between seventh and eighth place running Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon they steamroll side by side back into turn one Earnhardt drives in deep using the outside line he'll get by Jeff Gordon now as they come to turn number two Gordon quickly falls back in line in single file everybody in front of them pretty well spread out with the exception of the last two cars in front of them that'd be fifth place Ernie Irvin and sixth place Sterling Marlin those two cars nose to tail up in turn four and that battle between Dale Earnhardt a moment ago and Jeff Gordon was a good one for two laps there. They made a little contact coming through the corners and uh, Jeff Gordon, the rookie driver, picking up some experience in a hurry from one of the best in the business, Dale Earnhardt. Now he drops in behind Dale and for the moment will continue to draft along there. 158 laps are on the scoreboard. Mark Martin, the dominant car, and Dick Brooks uh, used to sit in these cars for a lot of years. Even back in the old days, it was unusual to get a car as good as Mark Martin's is today where you can just literally beat the field, and that's what he's doing with it this afternoon. Well, it stayed awful consistent all day. He hasn't had a trouble uh, with it any time. Even after a gas stop, he goes back out with whatever kind of tires they put on the thing and still just drives away from everybody. So uh, that is a little bit unusual. Steve Meal, the crew chief, standing here. Uh, Steve, 
First of all, can y'all make it on fuel? No, we got a pit with about uh, six or seven to go. We're pulling pretty hard for a caution right now. Well, the car just seems like it works good no matter we put two tires or four tires or anything else. But you changed the wedge on it just a little bit while ago. What'd you do? Yeah, we've been tightening up. It's been getting sunnier. Racetrack's getting hotter. And we've been progressively getting looser. So we've been putting around a round and a half and everything stopped. The car's in real good shape. We're just going to be a dead duck if everybody stays out. And I believe a lot of them can. Well, that uh, comes from the horse's mouth there. Says that he's got to stop and that they are making a little chassis adjustment now and then as the track gets hotter. Taking it a step farther, we're seeing a 14-mile difference on the racetrack between the teams that were forced to stop for fuel at lap 144 and drivers like Dale Jarrett and, in the extreme case, Jeff Gordon, who didn't stop until lap 151. So from the 144 to the 151, a seven-lap or 14-mile difference. And that's why Steve Meal is saying we could really use a caution flag now because Mark Martin, Steve Meal's driver, was one of those with Dale Earnhardt and uh, Sterling Marlin, who had to pit at lap 144. Well, that's going to be a hard way to lose this race, assuming that they would win it, not have any problems, and keep running like they have all day, is to have to make that extra fuel stop. But that is very much within the possibility of happening here this afternoon with 40 laps, make that 39 laps remaining in the Miller 400 here at Michigan International Speedway. That uh, little tussle between Dale Earnhardt and the rookie driver Jeff Gordon has been a good one again. Jeff pulled up alongside Earnhardt one and a lap ago, stayed with him all the way around the racetrack, Joe Moore, and uh, for the moment, Earnhardt has let him go. Yeah, that battle, uh, it's not over yet. Jeff retook the spot after Earnhardt beat him about three laps ago, and now Gordon has picked up a couple of car lengths on Earnhardt as they this time exit turn number two and hit the back straightaway. And all that racing back and forth between the two has lost them several seconds on the next group ahead of them. Bill Elliott, Ernie Irvin, and Sterling Marlin now about six seconds from Jeff Gordon up to Sterling Marlin. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, Mark Martin crosses the stripe to put lap 162 two on the board. Second place running Morgan Shepard is six and four-tenths seconds behind. So that's the differential from first place to second. Into the garage area goes Rick Wilson. The STP Pontiac has apparently been able to uh, continue for only a few more laps before that smoking problem reappeared. He's now taken it to the garage. Let's go downstairs. Thought we had a report coming from Pit Road. Apparently, our fellas checking on exactly what might have put Rick Wilson out for the afternoon. Lap 162 on the board. Go right ahead. Well, I'm in uh, Morgan Shepard's pit. I'm in uh, Sterling Martin, I'm sorry. And uh, Ken Wilson, you guys pit it a little bit early. Are you going to be able to make it all the way? Or are you going to have to stop again? We're going to have to stop again. There ain't no way we can make it. We were out of gas last time, so that's all we can do. About how many laps can some of these guys run, you think? I noticed some of them come in on 150, so they should be able to go all the way. You know, those three or four of them. All the fours are going to have to stop the way it looks to me. It's going to be an interesting thing. That's uh, that's been in the past, uh, even when I was in a Ford, that uh, most of the time they got just a little bit less mileage. They very seldom ever make them stretch out as far as uh, some of the Chevrolet. Some of the cars that we haven't talked about all that much this afternoon that have had some pretty good solid runs. Now, they're not up in the uh, battling for the lead or anything, but Rick Mast has had a good car all day long. He's drove a great race. Dale Jarrett has been up in the top seven or eight off and on this afternoon, uh, not running quite like he was when he won here in the Wood Brothers car, but still having a good solid run. And Phil Parsons also uh, currently is being shown up in about 12th position. He's had a good, solid, consistent run in the Mannheim Auctions car here all afternoon today. And Lake Speed, who seems to run real well, here when we come to Michigan also has been up in the top 15 most of the day. We'll take a break and we'll be back. 
165 laps complete as Mark Martin continues to lead, but fuel strategy continues to be the story of the Miller 400. Who can and who cannot go the distance? One thing we can guarantee you is you have a chance to support your favorite driver by voting him to the McDonald's All-Star Race Team. Just call 1-900-454-1994 and vote for NASCAR's best. The call costs you 95 cents per minute, and as we've told you, the average call is roughly three minutes. You've got to be 18 or over, and you've got to have a touch-tone phone to be able to participate. Again, to vote for your favorite driver for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team, just call 1-900-454-1994. Well, just 33 laps, and it'll all be over here at the Michigan International Speedway this afternoon in the Miller 400. Is it going to be Mark Martin, Morgan Shepard, Ricky Rudd, Ernie Irvin, or Sterling Marlin? Those are the top five right now, but the fuel factor, if this race stays green, is going to play a major role in who goes to victory lane. From the Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. 179 laps are complete, just 21 remain, separating possibly Mark Martin from Victory Lane or maybe Morgan Shepard, possibly Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin, Jeff Gordon now, who is continuing to climb into the top five. A super run for the young driver of the DuPont Automotive Finishes Chevrolet. This event has been slowed five times by caution, but the last caution came back on lap number 96. We're now at lap 179, so it's been a very clean and green race uh, throughout the course of the afternoon in the garage area. Jimmy Horton, Clay Young, Brett Bodine, P.J. Jones, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Labonte, Rick Wilson gone finally with an oil leak. They couldn't repair it. And Bobby Hillen, the last driver to go to the garage. This mid-race update has been brought to you by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest. 20 laps remain in the event here this afternoon. Let's check in the Wood Brothers pit. I think that's where Dick Brooks is located right now. Well, I was going to try to find out if we thought that they could finish the race or not. They were kind of in the middle of the people that uh, pitted on lap 144 and 150. Uh, but they're doing a TV thing, and I'll be back in a minute. It's a 53-lap run for Morgan Shepard to go the distance. He pitted on lap 147 to go to the conclusion. Meanwhile, Bobby Hillen in the garage in the Heilig Myers Ford. Uh, what's the problem there, Jim Phillips? Well, let's ask Bobby. Bobby, not the place to be. What happened to the Ford? We're not real sure. I think it might have dropped the valve. Uh, Everybody's working real hard, and we're trying to do a good job for Holly Myers. Uh, but this really wasn't our week. We just didn't run too good all week long, and then uh, finally broke. So we just have to get ready for uh, Daytona next week, and hopefully we can do a little better. What was, what was the deal with the spoiler earlier in the week? Uh, I think we adjusted it so much during the week we broke it, and it started dangling. So they had to put a new one on. Well, that's Bobby Hill, and he's out to here late in the race in the Miller 400. And, of course, it's everybody's habit to talk about next week. Let's remind you that the Pepsi 400 is not next week, but indeed on Saturday, July the 3rd. We'd hate for you to show up at the Speedway a week before everybody else. Next week, the Winston Cup Series is idle, while the MRN microphones head to Watkins Glen, New York, for a NASCAR IMSA doubleheader. We'll have the Phase 150 for the NASCAR Bush Series next Saturday at 1.45 Eastern time. And then one week from today... 
12.45 Eastern time next Sunday. We'll have the Camel Continental for the IMSA Camel GT Series. The ticket office is open right now at Watkins Glen International, as it is at Daytona for the July 3rd Pepsi 400, where good tower seats remain. Also, a quick reminder that on Sunday, July the 4th, MRN will visit the Milwaukee Mile. We'll follow the Bush Series to Milwaukee for the Haviland 250 on Sunday, July the 4th. You'll hear it on MRN, but better yet, why not go on, check out the ticket office there, bring your radio along, and tune us in maybe on WAUK out of Waukesha right there at the Milwaukee Mile. July the 11th, the Slick 5300 at New Hampshire International Speedway in Loudoun, New Hampshire. The first Winston Cup visit to that fine track the Bears who built up in Loudoun. We'll see you up there on July the 11th. 17 laps to go, and it'll all be over here at the Michigan International Speedway. We're watching each pit down here to kind of see, especially among the front five, as to if there's going to be any activity or if they've got the fuel cans set up on the wall. It looked like a moment ago that the Budweiser team of Bill Elliott came in and just dumped in a splash of fuel in his car and sent him back onto the racetrack, so they're not taking any chances of running out of gas here this afternoon at all. Meanwhile, Mark Martin still Morning. out there. Yeah, go ahead. Leonard Woods here. Uh, Leonard, you say you got a bit of a problem. You're going to have to do what now? We're just going to have to stop for fuel and fuel uh, to change in two real quick. We didn't get it quite full, so we're going to take a little extra fuel over what the other guys will probably have to take. Okay, he said when they had that, uh, when a tire rolled out in front of them a while ago, they lost the advantage that they had that they really wanted, and uh, so they're going to have to make an extra stop. So it's a misfortune thing for them. And not getting that fuel tank full on that last pit stop means that it's going to be a little bit closer than they normally would. That's what Leonard's talking about. So it will probably take them an extra second or so, which can mean the difference of finishing from first to fifth or four or five positions, just that little extra time to dump in a little more fuel. So they've got a problem there. Mark Martin continues to lead. Morgan Shepard is second. Ricky Rudd third. Jeff Gordon now continuing to work his way up the leaderboard. He's moved into the fourth spot, having bypassed fifth place Sterling Marlin. Ernie Irvin is sixth. Seventh is Dale Jarrett. Dale Earnhardt is eighth. Rusty Wallace ninth and tenth. Jeff Bodine. Lake Speed is eleventh. Twelfth is Kyle Petty. Thirteenth, Phil Parsons. Fourteenth spot is Jimmy Spencer and 15th is Ted Musgrave. Those 15 cars on the lead lap as we get down to the final moments and the final little bit of fuel in these Winston Cup cars. Just less than 10 laps to go. Less than 20 miles remain. And as expected, one by one, the top runners are presenting themselves on pit road for the quickest splash of fuel they can get. Jimmy Spencer's been in. Greg Sachs has been in. Derek Cope and Bobby Allison. Here's Sterling Marlin in for a quick splash of fuel. Yeah, they're just going to put in uh, put in about a half a tank there, half a can full, and he's down in the way. He is down and away. He goes back onto the racetrack. Jimmy Spencer in a moment ago also for a splash of fuel in that Bobby Allison car. Goes right back onto the racetrack with a little less than 10 laps to go. Ricky Rudd looks back in that rearview mirror, and he's got a couple of cars closing in on him in a hurry in the form of Jeff Gordon, namely, will be the first car to catch him. So that interval is shortened there for the moment. The big question on everyone's mind. The leader is off the pace on the back straightaway. Mark Martin is off the pace. He's down on the safety apron in turn three. Mark Martin is coasting around towards the pit lane. This is not normal either. He's just not slowing down to make a pit stop. He is slowed down middle of the back straightaway a good mile from his pit stall. 
Might have run out of fuel, might have stretched it just a little bit far, but Mark is going to make it to pit road. Earnhardt is in right now. Ricky Rudd has gone into the lead with uh, Mark Martin coming out of the throttle or whatever has happened to the car. Let's follow him down and see what they do. Here he is right in the middle of pit road. He's got a pretty good ways yet to go to get to his pit stall. And let's go to the pits right now. Well, they think he's out of gas. They're going to come in and uh, get him a little gas. They've got some starter fluid trying to get it going. They've got the car fired. It dies again. They've still got the gas pump in. Now they're pushing him, and uh, now it dies and it fires again. They can't seem to keep it running. they got enough uh, starting fluid in it that it smells strong down here. Now they got him running. They get the car fired and go back onto the racetrack and talk about losing a race the hard way. That's the hard way to lose one, that's for sure, if he, indeed he does lose it. But he is certainly, uh, any chance he had of leading this thing all the way, pretty much like he had all afternoon, goes out the window with that car apparently running out of fuel. Terry Labonte's got the same problem. They're pushing his car on pit road, the Kellogg's Cornflakes car. Apparently he ran it just a little bit low on fuel. They're giving it a push down in front of Dick Brooks. It fires. Now it's going to go, and he'll go back onto the racetrack. But these are costly late fuel stops here. One 192 laps are on the scoreboard. Ricky Rudd is the leader, and you heard Gary Dehart say a moment ago, we think we'll be able to go the distance. Rudd, for well, the moment, uh, shows no signs of coming on the pit road. Let's go back to the pits. Well, they think they can go, and Jeff Gordon's going to, they're going to continue to try. Uh, they think they can make it also. Jeff Gordon now has moved up to the second spot. We'll get the differential between the two. It is fairly significant right now. Ricky Rudd is coming out of turn number four back to the stripe. He'll put 193 of 200 on the board. The Tide Chevrolet is heading up off into the turn one area. We'll get the difference again from first place back to second. It's about four seconds between the first two men. Ricky Rudd last won a Winston Cup race at Dover Downs last September. And as you heard Dick Brooks possibly chatting with Ricky to begin our broadcast today, with the exception of one lap that Rudd led under caution last week at Pocono, he hasn't led a green flag lap since that win in Dover. It's been a frustrating stretch for a very talented driver, a talented crew chief, and a team that has a lot of financial wherewithal. But this would be a heck of a way to turn it around. Here comes Rudd again. Once more, we'll get the interval from first place Rudd back to second place Gordon. It is three seconds as they head back into turn number one, lap 196 on the board. Closest car to Rudd now is Dale Earnhardt, who rides along behind the Rudd machine, not on the same lap. Here comes Rudd now exiting turn number two as Jeff Gordon just enters turn two as they head down the back straightaway. Ricky Rudd with no one ahead of him to draft off of to try and help conserve that fuel mileage all by himself now, works his way into turn number three, then a good distance back to Dale Earnhardt. Now here comes Jeff Gordon. It's two and eight, ten seconds. Gordon behind Ricky Rudd as they work off of four. The front two come out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. There'll be four laps to go when they cross the stripe this time. This is the way they're running after that round of pit stops and the cars that did pit a moment ago. Rudd is the leader. Jeff Gordon rides in the number two position. Ernie Irvin currently is being shown in third, fourth. That's Dale Jarrett. Fifth right now is Rusty Wallace. Sixth is Morgan Shepard. He had to pit. Seventh, that's Mark Martin. That pit stop cost him that much going from the lead all the way back to seventh. Kyle Petty is being shown eighth. Ninth is Phil Parsons. And rounding out the top ten is Sterling Marlin. Working now lap 196, Dick Brooks is looking on from the tide pit where emotions have been bottled up since last September, Dick, and those fellas just waiting to erupt here if Rudd can go the next six miles without a problem. Going to be the most dangerous place on the racetrack right here in this pit in about uh, another three minutes, so hang on, guys. 
Ricky Rudd across the line, takes it back into turn number one. Jeff Gordon is within striking distance. Joe Morey's got a lot of ground to make up and very little time to do it. Ricky Rudd just kind of eases it through turns one and two, runs it up off the bottom line of the racetrack. Jeff Gordon following a similar line, but there is a lot of distance to make up there, marking at about 25 car lengths. The separation from Rudd back to Jeff Gordon. And still Ricky with nobody to help break that air in front of him to try and save a little bit of extra gasoline for that tied Chevrolet. Ricky coasts it down into turn number three, two and five tenths seconds the distance from first to second. This will be the 130th time that a NASCAR Winston Cup race winner has taken the lead for the final time with less than 10 laps remaining. That's how competitive this event has been as Rudd heads back into turn number one. Closing in on some lap traffic directly ahead. The Jimmy Hensley machine and Rick Mass directly ahead for the Tide Chevrolet as once again he comes into turn number two, drifts up against the outside retaining wall and sets sail down the back straightaway here in Michigan. Ricky Rudd watching the fuel pressure gauge on the straightaway, getting a quick glance, seeing if that needle bobbles or bobs any now he comes up on the car of Jimmy Hensley as he works his way into the banking of turn number three Dale Earnhardt pulls down to the inside of the track lets Jeff Gordon go on around his outside to try and chase down Ricky Rudd Ricky Rudd traffic not going to be a factor for either one of the two guys the last couple of laps here here's Ricky heading down to the line there's a few cars just running along single file white flag for Ricky Rudd one more time around he's in turn one what a weekend it will be just yesterday announcing his new race team for next year and then coming on to win the Miller 400 Ricky Rudd crossing his fingers as the last time he comes through turn one drifts up into turn number two the car still running sounding great as he hits the back straightaway now Ricky Rudd worked his way down one mile from the checkered flag trying to get to victory lane he's working his way a good distance behind Rick Mass still no drafting help he's got a lap car between himself and Jeff Gordon Ricky Rudd is under power he's on his way off of turn number four for the first time in 1993 Hendrick Motorsports is heading back to victory lane Ricky Rudd through turn number four back to the stripe with cars slowing everywhere, running out of fuel. Rudd goes the distance to win the Miller 400, and as expected, the emotion now overflows on pit road in that tide pit area. Well, it certainly does. I, uh, there's a lot of water being thrown around and a lot, a lot of everything else. Just hang on just a minute. We're going to get Gary. Gary, get you, it pays to get good and wet once in a while, I guess. Hey, I'll take it down, buddy. We need to do this more often. That's been a long dry spell. Everybody, everybody, a lot of anxiety on the wall there. Well, I know what it means. All the guys done a hell of a job. We've been working our butts off, uh, doing all we could for him. We just happened to have a good car this weekend, and I think we'll be all right next week. We'll go to Daytona. <laughs> okay. I tell you, it's a happy bunch of people down here. There was a lot of emotions up on the wall. There was guys that had tears in their eyes, and they just sitting there waiting for it to happen. I haven't seen that in a long time. Tell you what, when you put in the hard work these Winston Cup teams do and uh, go with a long dry spell like Ricky Rudd has, a win really means something special. Ricky will win by one and eight-tenths seconds over Jeff Gordon. That is a margin of victory. I haven't ever seen this many cars run out of gas. Kyle Petty's just limping by here. He's out of fuel. Phil well, Parsons, I saw limp by. He was out of fuel. A lot of guys, the old saying, if we can pull out a cliche, no guts, no glory. You might as well try and stretch it if you can and pick up an extra position. And that's been an unusual look to the finish but the colors are orange, blue, and white heading to victory lane. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. A very emotional win for the tie team and Ricky Rudd. He's heading down to victory lane. We'll go there in a minute, but right now let's check in with Jim Phillips in the garage. Well, you know, at Charlotte, we started 21st and we got to second. Not that we uh, couldn't do it. It just was going to have to be a long day, a long, patient day. And 
I mean, I've been trying to learn and, and be so patient. And, you know, there's just certain situations you get into, patience isn't going to help you. But, you know, I'm learning still, and, and patience is the whole key. I mean, when I'm patient, my crew's patient, and we're there all day, we're going to finish in the top five or ten. Uh, you know, this DuPont automotive finishes Valvoline team is just one of the best ones out here. Uh, you know, we got beat by our own teammate, Ricky Rudd, today. I'd like to congratulate him. We're not going to have him next year, but we're going to miss him. But it's just a great day for Hendrick Motorsports. When you got to the top ten, you were able to stay there. Uh, how about the car today? Well, you know, we weren't really a good car all day. Uh, I, I kept, one time I was loose, the next time I was pushing, but we stayed in the top ten. That was really important. That last set of tires and the last adjustments they made was the whole key. Uh, we put right sides on and gas at last stop, picked up a bunch of positions on the racetrack, but the car was perfect also. You know, we just, uh, just didn't have enough laps to run them down. Any question about the fuel mileage? No, I don't think so. <laughs> None in my mind. We never were questioning it. You know, we stretched it quite a ways the first time, and then uh, we, you know, we stopped pretty late the first time, got, led a lap, and uh, that second half we knew we didn't have any problem. Jeff Gordon goes from 23rd to 2nd here in the Miller 400. Gordon had a uh, situation where he was looking at 49 laps from his final pit stop to conclusion, and obviously he was able to make that. Uh, other cars now being pushed in as they have stopped at different locations on the racetrack, but down in victory lane is where Ricky Rudd has stopped for the first time since September of last year. Dick Brooks is with him. I think I said a while ago this was going to be one of the most dangerous places on the racetrack, and it certainly is. Ricky, we've been drowned with everything I think that pours today. But it's, uh, it was an awful good victory for you. We talked about it earlier. It's been a long time since you've had a good run, and this thing really got going. And, and I think the emotions, everybody building there on the wall, they were concerned about the gas. And uh, what, was, what was going through your mind? Well, I guess hard to believe that we're going to win it this way. You know, it, uh, we got one at Dover on fuel mileage last year, and we got this one today. You know, Mark was definitely the strongest car by far. We had nothing for him at all. Uh, feel sorry for them guys, but our guys worked awful hard on fuel mileage. I guess the tortoise and the hare, you know, we couldn't outrun them, so we outlasted them. Well, certainly true. It's, uh, a race starts, it's got to go 200 laps. It's not the fastest person, it's the one that does it the quickest, so that's what happened today. But do you get to hearing anything? Do you get to thinking, you know, in the last 20 laps, man, this thing may not make it? Or Well, I tell you, I'd rather be the fastest car most of the time than than a guy that outlasted everybody. But when you haven't had a victory since September, I'll take it. But as far as hearing things, you know, I knew the mileage was going to be a little close, but Really never had any major problems all day. The car was pretty good. I, I lacked a little top-end straightaway speed, and I couldn't get in the corners, but I couldn't get down the end of the straightaway. And uh, the guy's got something to work on anyway. You got all this. You take all this money you put in your pocket, and now you got to go out and try to build your own team and go to work. Well, believe me, my driver's share went out the window and then 20 times fold, but real excited about having our new team next year. Todd's going to be with us, and we're working really hard assembling a group of people right now, and uh, I feel like we'll come out of the box awful strong next year. Do you have any problems in the early part when he was having those wrecks? Well, you know, we were the guys adjusted the tire pressure all day. The, car, the track was slick all day. Everybody slipped and was sliding except for the six car. And uh, we finally got it dialed in later in the stages, and we were able to go. And a good call on the last pit stop was real critical on how to hit, set the tire pressure because you had hot left side tires and you put cold rights on. And the guys did a good job because our car handled good at the end. I think uh, one of the things that uh, we talked about earlier, some of these guys were putting on two, some of them are putting on four, but this is one of the first times, I think, uh, Barney and Eli, that we've seen in a long time where they only use two tires during a pit stop. Most all the pit stops recently have been four tires. So big difference in that one of them to race. It worked out for them well today. Let's go back to the garage and Jim Phillips. Well, Ernie, one of the economy leaders today, third place finish, a good finish for your team. Well, it is. You know, uh, it seems like when we finish, we're the top five car, but... Uh, you know, um, Ricky did a great job, and so did Jeff Gordon. You know, so Chevrolet's had a clean sweep there. But, uh, 
you know, Mark Martin had the dominant car, you know. A lot of times, you know, even us racers like to see, hate to see somebody have bad luck like that or not be able to make the fuel mileage. I want to say um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, Larry McClure, um, his wife Jenny, um, his father, her father's in pretty bad shape. Uh, wish him a happy Father's Day and get well soon. Your car was able to step in the top three or four cars all day long. How about your car today? We've had pushy cars, loose cars. How about yours? Oh, mine was a little of both. It, uh, I loosened it up a little bit at the end. You know, had Tony take some bite out. Probably got a little too loose. Uh, and then at the very end, it started handling pretty good, but it was too late. So uh, just one of them deals. We were a little down on power, which most General Motors were. And um, just, you know, couldn't quite run with the, the very front cars. But it's a good run for the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Well, a couple of weeks going to one of your favorite places, Daytona. That's for sure. You know, uh, we won there last time, won Talladega. So I'm going to go test and see if we can uh, get a little faster and uh, maybe go down there and have a little fun. That's father-to-be, Ernie Irvin, as he finishes third today. The members of the media covering today's Miller 400 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000 to Davey Allison, plus a $250 donation will go to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, from Goodies Manufacturing and Davey Allison. Talking about Ernie Irvin, he is going to be one of those Winston Cup drivers heading with everyone up to Watkins Glen next weekend for the Phase 150, the NASCAR Bush Series race that you'll be hearing here on MRN a week from yesterday. So the Gatorade Circle of Champions gets another name etched upon it today, Ricky and the Tide Chevrolet winning, and it's been a clean sweep of most all of the post-race awards. Dick Brooks told you earlier that Gary DeHart had been named the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race, and of course, as the winning crew chief each and every week, the folks at Plastico give a $1,000 award to the winning crew chief, and again, today, that's Gary DeHart, so he'll pick up all of those post-race honors as handed out here at Michigan today. Ricky Rudd, the winner. Jeff Gordon finishes second. Ernie Irvin, third. Fourth is Dale Jarrett. And fifth, Rusty Wallace. We'll head back to the garage to hear from those fellas. We'll also try and get a word with Mark Martin, if possible. But first, let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Well, we started about an hour behind schedule because of rain here yeah. in the Irish Hills, but it's turned out to be a glorious day for Ricky yeah. Rudd and another member of the top five. Let's check in with those in the garage. First, to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin's sitting here uh, kind of resting or relaxing, I guess, <laughs> somewhat. Mark, you had a heck of a run. That uh, car really, really worked today. Yeah, yeah it was super. Uh, I really got to give uh, the credit to that Valvoline team. They, they fixed that wreck back just as good as new. It's a, you know, they're just doing such great work for me right now, putting me in race cars uh, that I'm comfortable, uh, you know, showing what I can do. And uh, I like to give the credit to the team and the cars because when I'm in a sorry car, I run sorry. So it's got to be the car because, you know, I think we ran great. And then, so obviously it's a great car. Lots of controversy about yesterday. So let me get my bit in. What happened over there? And uh, is that what made you so mad today? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what happened was Dale had an accident. Uh, he didn't mean to do it. Uh, he and I were racing hard uh, in practice, and uh, he and I will continue to race hard in practice, and uh, we may skin a car up now and then. It did step up the intensity level a little bit, uh, you know, to the next level. Uh, <laughs> and I was already pretty intense before, but, uh, you know, it bent our car, and it made us real determined to, to fix it and to come back and and to show them something, and uh, maybe Ricky Rudd showed them something, but we had our had our minute in the spotlight, I guess. Well, he sure did. Childress said he was going to try his best not to get you mad no more. <laughs> well, it didn't do any good. Like like I say, somebody said you had an awesome race, man. You guys were 
dominating. I said, yeah, but we didn't win, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they had an awful good run. The car ran awful good today, and I know the team's got to be happy. Everybody's got to be happy. It just uh, works out to a, to a figures, you know. Uh, Sometimes you can make it, sometimes you can't. And the Fords today had problems with making it all the way on fuel. Mark Martin doesn't have a thing to be ashamed of here this afternoon, and it does matter the kind of run he had. You don't have a dominant car like he had most of the day. Fuel mileage is something that nobody can control that much. The way the pit stops came under cautions and everything just made a difference for him, and uh, he will not win it. But, boy, he had the car to beat here today. There's no question about that. He came home in sixth spot. Let's check back with Jim Phillips. Well, what Dale Jarrett and I talked yesterday, uh, qualified up 17th, uh, you know, 34th last week, somewhere in that range. Uh, this week you qualified uh, good. You said, well, maybe that's not good, but it did turn out good for your fourth place finish. Well, it did. Uh, the guys worked hard on the car. We didn't have the best car here today, so we had to do uh, what we could to get the most points, and uh, you know that was get some good fuel mileage there at the end. The car was pretty good. We had a top 10 car. Uh, we made it into a top five finish there, and uh, just never could get it. The car was too tight all day long, and uh, we never could get it adjusted out enough, so uh, we'll work on that for the next time here. We had uh, cloud cover, then we had sunny skies. Did that affect the track much today? Yeah, it did. It made some difference. Uh, the sun was out there one time, and I thought I was going to be a little bit loose. So we didn't do anything to the car, and it turned out it, the clouds came back then, and I got tied again. So it made it hard to adjust and know exactly what you wanted to do. And uh, it does change this track track quite a bit. So, uh, you know, we had to stay on our toes. But uh, the guys did a good job. Jimmy did a great job making a call there. That I ran out of gas coming to get the checkered flag. So that's every bit we had. Just glad it wasn't any more laps. You're up in the top three in the points, halfway point in the season. Are you surprised you're that good? Uh, I, I would say that if you'd asked me that question back earlier in the season before the start, if I was going to be second, yeah, I'd have been surprised. But uh, I've seen these guys work awfully hard. I've had a good car every single week. You know, I look back and uh, think about just uh, how close it could be that we could be really close to first. So uh, we're going to keep plugging away at him and see what we can do. That's Dale Jarrett, fourth place finish here in the Miller 400. We'll take a look at the final rundown in just a moment. Back with you at Michigan International Speedway where Ricky Rudd and the Tide Chevrolet team enjoy the spoils of victory as their party continues in victory lane. For Rusty Wallace, after some tough races in succession, a strong fifth place run today. Let's get his thoughts in the garage area. Well, I guess you'll take that fifth place finish today after what's happened the last three weeks, Rusty. Yeah, I'll take that fifth place finish, man. I'll tell you what, the, the car wasn't, the car was real tight at the start of the race, super tight. And then uh, I asked the guys to put a, a spring uh, device in the left front, a spring rubber, they call it, to try to make it turn better. And, man, it made it a lot, lot worse. And, plus, it took so long to get in, I come, on, come out almost dead last. And it really killed me. But uh, I'll take the blame for causing us out of that. But the motor got great gas mileage today. It ran perfect like it always has, you know. Uh, we had an oil cooler problem at Pocono that burnt the motor up, and that was the whole cause. But I feel like the team's back in a roll right now. A lot of the cars in front of me had problems, and we picked up some points. And so... Uh, that's a, a lot, lot better. We're back up to third in the points. That's from fifth to third, and uh, and uh, that's what it takes to get the job done. But I know that uh, this team, after those, uh, well, three bad finishes in a row, they didn't get down. They were they were still digging. No, they're not down at all. I mean, as soon as we pull in for this Miller Daniel Draft 400, you could, te you could tell right away that the rhythm was back. You know, Todd was back here. Terry Satchel was back with me. Uh, Nick, uh, all the guys, they were all just plugging away and everything working good. And so, and the motors ran great. We had a super fast pit stops again today, and Buddy did a great job calling uh I mean, the, uh, Buddy and Nick, they calculated that thing right down at the end. I mean, that, that, that I kept saying, let's pit, let's pit, you know, to get fresher tires on. They said, give me two more laps. And I come into start, I come into checkered flag, and it ran out of gas 20 car lengths, and I coasted across the line. I mean, the motor won't start right now. That's close. That's close. I've been trying to get this on for a couple of weeks since you only ran about four laps at uh, Pocono. But uh, since it's Father's Day, uh, Todd Parrish, uh, your chassis man, he's uh, a proud papa. 
Michael Tyler, he weighed uh, nine pounds, 10 ounces. He was born Friday, June the 11th. So happy Father's Day to Todd. Well, no kidding. And like I say, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out, including my father, which is back at the Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, boat riding and listening to it on his boat probably. So uh, uh, it was a good day for the Miller Daniel Draft crew, and we'll take that and just continue our quest towards the top to regain this title. That's Rusty Wallace. And he has got things turned around. Let's take a look at the finish. Ricky Rudd is the winner. Jeff Gordon finishes second. Ernie Irvin third. Dale Jarrett fourth. Rusty Wallace runs fifth. Mark Martin finishes sixth. Morgan Shepard seventh. Sterling Marlin eighth. Bill Elliott ninth. Harry Gant finished tenth. Rick Mast eleventh. Kyle Petty twelfth. Phil Parsons thirteenth. Fourteenth to Dale Earnhardt. Fifteenth to Ted Musgrave. Kenny Schrader finishes sixteenth. Jeff Bodine seventeenth. Jimmy Spencer eighteenth. Darrell Waltrip nineteenth. And Terry Labonte round out the top twenty. Twenty-first is Hut Strickland. Greg Sachs finishes twenty-second. Twenty-third is Jimmy Hensley, Dave Marcus is 24th. 25th goes to Wally Dallenbach. Good run for 26th place finisher Jim Sauter. 27th is Derek Cope. Jimmy Means finishes 28th. 29th is Kenny Wallace. And Lake Speed comes home in 30th spot. 31st is Dick Trickle. H.B. Bailey finishes 32nd. 33rd is Bobby Hillen. And 34th, Rick Wilson. Davey Allison finishes 35th. 36th will be Bobby Labonte. Michael Waltrip comes home 37th. 38th place is P.J. Jones in 39th. Brett Bodine finishing 40th today, Clay Young, and first out of the event back on lap number two, Jimmy Horton. He comes home in 41st position. A quick reminder again that there's a very special happening taking place in Daytona Beach in conjunction with the Pepsi 400. On Wednesday, June the 30th, from 2 until 4 in the afternoon, a fundraiser for the American Red Cross and the Daytona Beach chapter of the Red Cross. A chance for you to meet a number of Winston Cup drivers and get your picture taken with the driver by a professional photographer. It's all taking place at the Howard Johnson's Hotel Beachside on Wednesday, June the 30th from 2 until 4 in the afternoon. For further information, call 904-266-1400 and find out how you can meet the Winston Cup drivers. Throughout the course of this week, there's racing taking place, including NASCAR Bush All-Star Tour action on the dirt. The Tri-City Speedway in Granite City, Illinois. They'll run on Wednesday evening of this week at 8 o'clock Central Time. Might want to check it out. The AC Delco 50 coming up there this weekend. This coming weekend, we'll be in Watkins Glen, New York for a NASCAR IMSA doubleheader. The action begins on Thursday with on-track activities at Watkins Glen International. And Thursday night, this coming June uh, 24th, Thursday night at the Eldridge Park in Elmira, New York, a charity softball game, second year in a row that the NASCAR Busch Series drivers and the stars of IMSA will get together out on the baseball field. Proceeds in this year's game benefiting the children of Clifford Allison and the Association for Retarded Citizens in the three counties surrounding Elmira, New York. The game sponsored by the Chemung County Chamber of Commerce. It takes place this coming Thursday evening at the Eldridge Park in Elmira, New York as part of the Phase 150 weekend. And our broadcasts from Watkins Glen will be on Saturday at 1.45 Eastern Time, the Phase 150 for the NASCAR Bush Series. Then Sunday, one week from today, 1245 Eastern Time, the Camel Continental as they reopen the long course, that famed long course at Watkins Glen that for years was home to the United States Grand Prix and many other famed road racing events. So next weekend, join us Saturday and Sunday for road racing from the Glen. Then July the 3rd, back at Daytona International Speedway for the Pepsi 400. The ticket office is open at Daytona for your plans for that July 4th weekend. The race is July the third and good tower seats remain you might have thought those tickets were gone on a subscription basis not so there are a number of good tower seats still available for the pepsi 400 so that's going to wind things up for our coverage here at michigan today
We thank Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick. They brought you the story from the corners today. Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips were on pit road. Judy Robinson was on the scoring loop throughout the course of the day. Don't forget tomorrow morning and every weekday morning here on MRN, Ned Jarrett will have his World of Racing program for you. Weekday afternoons, Alan Bestwick has NASCAR Today, MRN's daily five-minute news show. And Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern time, we will again open the phone lines to you on NASCAR Live with your chance to chat with one of the stars of NASCAR racing. So that's what's coming up this week, and that's going to do it for us today. Our congratulations to Ricky Rudd and the Tide Chevrolet. They are in victory lane down below us now, enjoying their win in the Miller 400. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Have a great week. Again, happy Father's Day to all. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Michigan International Speedway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Pontiac, we are driving excitement by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protective. By Planters Nuts, Eat Planters, Everybody Loves a Racing Nut. By Heilig Myers Furniture, proud sponsor of the Bobby Hill and Junie Donlevy Thunderbird. By Wix Filters, you'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Dale Jarrett's car. And by Maxwell House Coffee, the official coffee of NASCAR. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Production director, Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, David Hyatt and Cheryl Knight. Production assistants, Stephanie Ellis, Sandy Good, Clark Moore, and Maria Viviano. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.